You're listening to Around Comics for April of 2011. here. This is the April 2011 edition of Around Comics. And on this episode, Brian Salazar and I are joined by multi-talented creator Mr. Tim Seeley and Kyle Figley, the news editor from Comic Book Resources. Through the course of the episode, we talk about a variety of topics, including our Chicago Bulls uh, winning the lottery, IDW and Marvel's re-releases of Walter Simonson's Thor, uh, the Eisner nominations, uh, Dapperman and the Hexlash crossover, not really, uh, The Gripper, or Jack Kraken, as he is known now, uh, Making Your Own Action Figures, uh, the incredibly talented Ryan Brown, uh, Twitter, uh, Hellboy, and Kevin Nolan, the uh, the recent journey into mystery, uh, Fear Itself, Butcher Baker, uh, The Girl and the Gorilla, the Jimmy Olsen one-shot, uh, how uh, they disarmed Arsenal, and at the end, we solve all of comics' problems. Enjoy as we uh, join the conversation in progress talking about our Chicago Bulls. After a stunning Bulls, Bulls victory. Bulls victory. Yeah, I needed it uh, after last night. Uh, Blackhawks losing to Vancouver to go down 0-2. My White Sox losing to the Angels. You know, you know who gets the most shit not a, out of, out of uh, the, the Bulls' rise to uh, uh, to success this year, who gets the most shit for it? Who's going to get the most shit for it? No, who, the guy who is probably the biggest Michael Beasley fan in the world, and said that that Beasley, I, I believe I'm I'm probably misquoting. Her, 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 would would well, say that you misquoting someone would, would, would say that uh, that Michael Beasley would win an MVP long before Derrick Rose. Who said that? Skip that, Bayless? No, that would be one Mister uh, B Claymore. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, good call there, Clay. You really had that one on the nose. You you just nailed that. He one. and uh, our buddy uh, Chad Sup have had a, a long, long-standing. I don't think there's much argument left there. Mm-hmm. Is is Michael Beasley in the league still? Is he even? I think he got traded for a, a bag of uh, used shooting balls and uh and whatnot up to Minnesota. So. As Tim Seeley said, we are the worst geeks ever because all we've done it we've been sitting in a comic book shop. Watching the Bulls game. Yes. And Good morning. Good afternoon. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> is it just, oh, like it to is see afternoon. behind the curtain to see, you know, your your uh, how phony we are? Yeah, betrayers. We're, we're, to the we're poser, nerd sold posers. Sold us out to the jocks like with no, there's nothing a second thought to. <laughs> I, I'm really tired because the Cardinals are on their first west west coast trip of the year, oh. so games don't start until nine o'clock. So I'm up until like midnight watching baseball. But I always uh, was a nerd a jock though. I was I played yeah. football and baseball, oh, yeah, yeah. and then I was there's a nothing. Really and then wrong. I played Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah it, we need more of you guys. It's honestly. all it's all about rooting for people in costume. <laughs> That's right. That's true, yeah. That's, seriously. And, no, yeah. The proclivity people have for like tracking baseball stats is the exact same. It's as the same nerd. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. No, and the no more doubt. people recognize that, like when you have these crossover guys like this, then you can kind of like when some when some jock dude is like, oh, it's so nerdy, but you know he knows every 
hitting, listen, running, our, you know, whatever. Our boss is a pilot. Like he owns two or three planes. He's his own pilot. And there's not, you know, m- there's not much more cool than being a pilot. Sure. But listen to him talk about planes. Nerd. He's such a geek. Yeah. yeah. Nerd. It's the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it well, is. Actually, I, I, I wrote a, an article uh, last July or so. I had, uh, my dad and I had gone to uh, to Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame induction. And it was the same weekend as, as San Diego Comic-Con. And so I wrote this article all from the standpoint of, you know, my San Diego Comic-Con weekend in Cooperstown and talking about the similarities between sports fans and comic fans. And, you know, you see the, well, for some reason, see they're the more, same thing. They're more socially accepted, which that's always been a problem I had with the. The thing is, like, you can Sports be... Sports geeks? Yeah, like, you know, you paint your face up and go to a baseball game, and everybody's like, cool, and you paint your face up and go to a Comic-Con and pretend you're, I don't know, you know... It's because it's not faggy, son. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> that just pisses me off. That's the part of it that I can't give behind. You know, I, I think less, less and less all the time is, and we've talked about conventions and going to conventions the last, you know, like the last decade. I think there's been a major shift in in like the age groups that are at conventions and just like the social acceptance of it well you know yeah the other, the other funny thing is I, and I, I just thought about this the other day as i was reading a comic it's like it, it always has been sort of funny to me that in in most especially mainstream comics and superhero comics in particular is that you know the 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 geeks that are writing and drawing comics are writing and drawing about the people that in real life, would be jocks. We would, right, yeah, we would despise yeah. like well, these not, beautiful, physically like gifted. Spider-Man or something. That's why Spider-Man. You know, like, you know what I mean? Though? Right. I mean, they all have that inner geek, though, right? I mean, they all Spider-Man, Cap, Cap is a scrawny dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. Clark Kent is like they're I mean, all inner thing. geeks, right. really. So yeah, it's a little bit of both. But I just get that thing like uh, comedians, you know, have that go-to sort of like, there's here's your joke. Oh, it's comic fan. These people are sexually frustrated. Right, huh? right. Like the other day, my wife was watching uh, Chelsea lately, which I think is. The horrible, horrible, unfunny show, but yeah, you know, she was interviewing uh, <laughs> Agreed, what, Joshua yeah. Jackson or the guy from Fringe, I think his name. Oh yeah, yeah. from Pacey. Uh, okay. Pacey, yeah. <laughs> and he, she was talking. He was talking about going to Comic Con, and she said, uh, "Yeah, so uh, what's that like? It's uh, like a bunch of really sexually frustrated nerds." And he's, and she, and she said something effective like a whole bunch of people who haven't gotten laid in years. And he said. No, it's more like a whole bunch of people who did really kinky shit right before they came to see you. I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you. He, he knows where his he, bread is buttered. He, <laughs> yeah, he knows who's watching Friends. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, but I mean, like, she, you know, how creative is Chelsea Hammond? Like, oh, they don't, they don't have sex. Uh, great yeah, joke. She's, yeah. Amazing she, joke. She's that's fantastic. Painfully unfunny, but that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. I think, but I mean, it's like, there's, that's their go-to thing. It's like, oh, they're sexually frustrated. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think, I'm such frustrated as an adult, but as a kid reading comics, that was never a problem. That was never a problem. So. Well, now that you're married, you're yeah, supposed you're, to be sexually frustrated. Now you're all yeah, sexually now, Yeah, now you're, you're sexually frustrated by, you know, mandate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's, what's, uh, you know, we mentioned, let's touch on Fringe for a second. Something I've been wanting Fringe. to mention for, uh, for the last couple of recordings. <laughs> this is, this is a show that, that actually you, Got I, me to watch. I originally, did originally like the first season, like the first six episodes or so. You were kind of liking it, and then you and then you kind of fell off of it. It's you would watch. I don't the think first I watched episode. that much. I've watched a couple episodes, like a couple of it, episodes. Yeah. You're like, oh, you should check it out. And then you know, fast forward. Oh, you're probably right. I probably watched about 
six six or more. And then fast forward, you know, and then a couple I years, couldn't watch it anymore. I I, I like mainlined like the first three seasons, and I'm like, Sal, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. Got to watch this show. And you got about a season and, it was and a half boring. in, and you're like, it was just God, so boring. Did... I was just like, oh, this show could be good, but it's just not. It's just boring. <laughs> and I keep every going. Oh, just wait till the end of season two. He's like, that's a long way to go. That for is a that's payoff. a big fucking commitment. Yeah. <laughs> But, 20, but I did. I, I finally yeah. muscled through the second season and by the end of the second season. It's awesome. It was, it was the end of the second season, probably the last three or four episodes of the second season are phenomenal. And then the beginning of the third season is fantastic. And then it goes back to sort of being boring again. And I haven't caught up on it completely yet th- this third season, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping it gets back to being Are cool people cheering out there? I don't know what that is. What is that? That is weird. Oh, okay. It's the radio. <laughs> okay. Wow. It, Patrick must be playing like, you yeah. know, cheap trick, what you know, hell? live from Bangkok Weird. or something. That's um, what happens every time Mike Norton walks a room. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just oh, happens like in the air. Like, it yeah. like an Elvis, like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to set the scene, it is, it's, it's Chicago on a Saturday afternoon and it's really shitty outside. Rainy, we, we, cold. we were, we were tempted with some really nice weather earlier this week, but now it's cold and shitty. And so, As so, it should so be. Kyle, Tim, Sal and I are sitting in the Rogues Gallery at Challengers, and Mike is doing a drawing for me because I'm a I'm a shameless shameless man. You're a terrible person. I am a terrible person. Mike, anyone draw has. things for me on your day off. <laughs> Mike needed something to do. He, he was falling asleep on the couch. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know what to do when he, he actually work. hates having time off. Isn't it? <laughs> I understand it. I do, but my, Mike makes my like uh, neurosis about not working look like. You know, See, I'm I don't the have that mentally healthy person around. I don't have that problem at all. Like, if I, I'm one of those people that if I won the lottery, I would never lift a finger again. Like, I wouldn't. I would probably not wipe your, my own Your ass. goal would be to look would, like Mojo. I like. I don't think. No, I would be physically active, like to do fun stuff, but mm-hmm. not working. Like, I, like I couldn't imagine. Oh, you mean you to wouldn't work. keep going to work? Fuck you! No, I don't understand that. The people that literally do that win. Some stranger's room Late in the afternoon What am I doing here at all? Oh, ain't no doubt about it yeah. like, For a while that. there, like, all Deadpool right. trades were going yeah, it's just like it's it's like an old book that's out of print, you know. Yeah. I mean, really, if you want it, which was difference. never existed. Yeah, it t- talking about the uh, the the Thor, uh, the mighty Thor omnibus, which may weigh as much as his hammer. I think you have to it's be a tome. You have to be worthy to lift that son of a bitch. I just I just picked it up, so I hope I'm worthy. Is that bigger than the the Amazing Spider-Man omnibus it's, that came out? I think it's thicker. It seems like it is. Good. Yeah. God, that's, that it's the too. entire Simonson run, which is, if there's an omnibus to own, that is, that's it. But it would still be hard to read. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. 
Well, you got to be laying down, basically, or you have some sort of table in front of you to read it. Well, Kyle was just saying, you know, they they had. Uh, uh, it's awesome, though. It seemed, I mean, seemed to it seemed to have really slowed down on the Marvel Masterworks, oh, and it God. seems like seems like the the omnibuy or the the way that they're. they're it is. Well, yeah, the more huge. money they can get out of yeah. you is what they're going to do, man. That, why do they got so many of those absolute editions out there? It costs more, but man, they make way more bank on that shit. Oh, than, sure. Than the limited edition, you know. Well, you walk into your average comic shop and you almost never see the the Marvel Masterworks because they're expensive. They're like fifty bucks for six issues or something like that. Yeah. And this is like like thirty issues for a hundred bucks, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it looks like the it's looks like thousand, they did a nice job. It's over over a thousand pages. It's, it's more than it's like eleven hundred and fifty pages. Now this is and you guys. I don't know, I don't know if you know anything about, about this, but one hundred twenty-five dollars. IDW is oh. going to be re-releasing the the Simonson Thor stuff. They're doing it, it like they did the, the Rocketeer, Rocketeer book, yeah. Uh, yeah. book um, I, which I have, which it's, is amazing. And the, and the first one's like, is it the first six or twelve issues, or it's of Simonson's run? But it's all shot from the original artwork, and it's not black and white. It's because they want like everything from the original art, the pencil lines, any of the blue line, any so of that. So it's a photo, basically. So yeah, so it's well, a, the, it's the, a, the Rocketeer one. I have to tell you, it is like looking at original art. I mean, it is amazing. Oh yeah, you how, can see where he. The whitest stuff out and where they replace them with the word balloons. I mean, it's yeah. like a paste up and yeah. everything, all the, de- the details in it. Now, how can IDW do that? With well, they the did Thor's a deal to, with yeah. Marvel. I mean, oh, it wasn't they? like okay. they just it's did it on their own. Yeah. It's like, hey, whoa, we hear they you already did... original art. No, no, no. It was it was a matter of them doing it because they had already done the. the I mean, they, you know, it's sort of like their little niche. I don't yeah. think Marvel wanted to get that involved they with it, but they they'll take a piece of it if they. And IDW's been making more deals like that lately. They're doing Archie archives that they've been doing that IDW has published, mm-hmm. and, and they do a lot of old newspaper shit and Dick Tracy and stuff like that. So oh, they the know Bloom, how to. Bloom County stuff's great. Yeah, the Bloom County stuff turned out really well. So I mean, that I mean, it's weird because it's it's a matter of making that deal, and I don't know if it's Disney owning Marvel now or not, and they're just you know Disney, you know, Fantagraphics is doing Mickey Mouse collections now, and you know whoever else. So um, well, I think part of it is probably just a. You know, like, well, we, you know, Marvel doesn't want to get into that packaging of it. It's like we don't, yeah. you know, why? There's why start not up a something? Shitload of money. In it, honestly, yeah, yeah, and it's probably just a matter of IDW going. Well, we'll do it. We, we've already done it once. We'll do it, yeah. we, and and you know, we'll give you X amount of dollars of yeah, it. It's so. like a licensing fee, like, yeah. and it's not like IDW doesn't license a bunch of stuff anyway. So it's yeah. not even. Well, know, I think well, it's cool. Actually, yeah. I'd like to see more of you know yeah. that kind of cool stuff. Well, that's, I, that's I don't know if you'll do, see too. it like this, though. What, what makes this cool with the IDW Thor thing is that Simonson you know, famously doesn't sell his original pages. He he owns all of those. That's why they're able to shoot from the originals, yeah. is that he he has them all. Which, which no one else... I mean, Eric Larson does, people. I think. I, yeah. I, Cr- I have no Chris more than Omni two or three that. pages of, that, of that's my it? shit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do, you, do you keep Some your favorite trees? No, I fucking no, sell them. Care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Once I, they're Papa's just made. Eat. Well, they're they're production. I don't, you know, I mean, like the book is what they were intended for, right? That's I keep a copy of the book, but I don't. You don't give See, a that's shit. the kind of how I feel about original art. Like you, you know, Chris, you're a big fan of buying I'm original a, art, a, and I have some, but I, nerd. I, I've only bought a couple of pages in my life, and I've been given some pages, and I have a bunch of it. Yeah, but it's like not something that I'm really that into because it's like, well, this is. Like if I want that on my wall, I'd rather have like the pro- sure. the final produced colored right. piece than you know what I mean. Like I I don't get anything out of having that original piece. Of I mean I think it's great for I always like a lot of uh, wannabe 
guys who want to break into comics or like learn how to draw stuff, they should be buying original art because you should see what has to be done, how it has yeah, to look, yeah. you know. And like I think that's that's when I first started, you know, going to cons and like you'd see a page of original art, be like, oh, that's how sharp and right, crisp it's right. supposed to. Oh, fuck, I'm not even gonna look anything like that. <laughs> well, so, it's one of those things, you know, comic art pen and ink and drawn is made to be reprinted, you know. I mean, the, yeah. what you do on the page is has a lot of impact on how it comes out from the machine once it's sure. gone through the whole process, you know? Yeah. So really, you are only looking at the final form, I think, when you're holding a, a, a pretty comic book in your hand. Or I mean, yeah. you know, whatever, on the web now, if you do it specifically for that. But, yeah, so. probably the closest thing I've gotten to that in, in original art, I bought a, an Alien Legion page from the uh, A Great Day to Die uh, mm-hmm. graphic novel, and it was uh, Frank Scirocco art, and he had done the penciling, inking, and the coloring right on the board, and then it, there was a vellum overlay with the, uh, with the, the lettering. lettering. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, so it was pretty much like the whole the whole package which you just you just don't see stuff like yeah. that especially now where it's all digital and you know I'm, i i miss uh hand lettering though uh, i i have to admit oh it's a pain in the ass to do I, I don't know <laughs> i'm so glad i don't i've never worked in comics wherein i had to make room for or whatever deal with you know paste up shit and all that just ugh. i and especially making my own book if like publishing hack slash involved me doing you know paste up fucking letters Forget oh, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it would never get done. Oh, never get done. Some guys are like, so good, though. Some guys are really into it. Like, um, I remember I read this interview that uh, Marvel, Marvel's website runs a bunch of interviews. I'm sure you've done stuff with them. You might yeah. be watching them. But uh, they had... Uh, they hired Tom Spurgeon to interview Matt Fraction about Casanova. Yeah. And, you know, he talked a lot about how he'd hate that book if, if he didn't have hand lettering and uh, Dustin sure. Harvard does let you know because like he wants he wants everything to be done like you, you never get to do that you know so yeah. but yeah but there's a reason you never get to do that because yeah. it's cheaper and easier it's yeah, a pain yeah, in the ass yeah. 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 and yeah. most people will never even know whether it's hand lettered no. you know, never even look at it oh, long no, enough it's a real, to tell the only people who know like people you know Eric Larson keeps his stuff <laughs> hand lettered too but he knows yeah, so he exactly. cares. But I don't give a shit. Ninety-nine yeah. percent of the people that read no, the book no, don't yeah, give a no, shit or no. don't care. No, it's like people listen to vinyl records or whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There are a certain level that people are going to be processed junkies, and that's a very the, small portion of any audience for anything. Small little yeah. hipster. Yeah. Like raise my hand. Junk. So I like vinyl records and You're hand lettering. Such a <laughs> Jesus. I don't mind Christ. it. I, I just did like, you ride here on a horse <laughs> with a buggy and process transportation. Really into that idea? <laughs> no, there, well, there was there was actually, up uh, on your rotary phone. There, there was a book that came out from uh, from Image uh, last week that uh, it's uh, Green Wake. Oh yeah, um, the Riley book. Yeah, you know uh, Riley Rosmo is a guy I really enjoy his art, and the the first thing that that caught me whenever I was reading it is that man, I would like this so much better if it was hand lettered, just in the caption oh, box. I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like the the font that they picked. For the for the captions. Well, like, there's man, hand lettering, and then there's just bad, bad computer lettering. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. you could, you can do a, a fine job of digital lettering. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you know, you can do a bad job of hand lettering too. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, think inherently hand lettering is any better than digital lettering. It's just no. You know, and, and, and who's and doing you, it? Yeah, if you have a good letter, a good letter is. It's like, does Workman? He works uh, digitally now, right? Who even does? The hand lettering anymore. I mean, there's there's a few people. Chris Eliopoulos, yeah. Eliopoulos, yeah. Uh, John Workman can do it still. Mm-hmm. Chris Ware always gets nominated for it. Yep. 
So. <laughs> yeah, he's he a, is no liar. His stories. Yeah. <laughs> he got, I think he got nominated for coloring this year. <laughs> yeah, the whole Eisner nominations this year was a little. Do you have interesting? Do you, do you have those? Do you have the the, the list? Yeah. The no, Eisner. I don't have no, the no, list. You, uh, you guys, just, I don't want to. I don't know. But there well, was some, guys, there was some interesting I, I'm, I'm stuff. Sure you pay I attention was, to that stuff. Did you see anything that, that that you felt was omitted besides Hackslash? Yeah, uh, Hackslash will definitely win an Eisner someday. <laughs> yeah, the slasher books, man, tear up the I mean, slasher movies, tear up the, the Oscars. You can oh, see yeah. why. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 appreciated form. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, but I'm never surprised by them by the Eisners, um, mostly because they pick things I think are mostly pretty good. And there's also when a book comes out, you're like, oh, that's Eisner. That's what they like. That's the kind of shit they like, which often they're very good, and that's why you know. But like, yeah, you're never gonna see, you know, no matter how good or entertaining certain books are, you're never gonna see them in the Eisners. It's never gonna happen, you know. So. It's never surprised. You need to do a uh, hack slash Return of the Dapper Men spinoff. Right, exactly. <laughs> twelve. What are the twelve nominations for Return? Eleven. Did 11, I, I, I didn't even. I've never, I've never seen that. I've book. never seen it either. It's, it's from RK. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, see, no I see it every once in a while. I'm I sure know, it's good. You know, the Jim guy who writes is Jim McCann. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's oh, a talented guy. He's really nice. Yeah, he's a talent. And um, uh, and so, but I've seen it in bookstores. They've been a lot in bookstores, whatever. But you know, like I used to live in New York, and I, you know, when I talked to Jim McCann because I'm doing the journals and thing, and he was the PR guy a long time at Marvel, so we'd go hang out. But I was with my girlfriend, and we were in the bookstore, and we walked by. And, like, I had told her, you know, like, oh, you know, Jim's writing comics now or whatever. And she's like, oh, she was always kind of like, well, that's nice for him or whatever. Oh, isn't that cute? And then we walked by, but then, like, there had, like, a whole end display of his book was out. Really? Yeah, and it had, you know, and I, was like, and I was like, hey, it's Jim's book. And she looked at it, and she goes... They put his name on the cover and everything. She said, "You know, like Henry, really, like he's a like, professional. Her, like he really good for Jim, you know." So we laugh. But then that book is good, and then uh, yeah. people really dig it. So and then yeah, two months, and then two months later, he pops up on my USA Today like iPad app. It's you know, I, it was a weird thing. There was like Thor movie news, um, some other comic related story, and then uh, the Dapperman. This was the USA Today main page on their their iPad app was. Dapper Men garners eleven Eisner nominations, and I'm like, I'm like, when when did when did CBR take over my my I mean my USA Today app? This was was, taking over everything. It was weird. But when you look at that book, you you can see how that's an Eisner book, and you know maybe uh, certain other like I mean I, I would be super surprised if you know in general any horror books make it on that list at any time or any sort of like you don't ever see like a, a space opera you know what I mean like you have to do a certain kind of thing to win an Eisner it's just the way Silence it of the Lambs that was a horror movie yeah that was shocking I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm, it's great when it happens but generally speaking right. you know what I, that's why I'm just yeah, saying yeah. I'm not surprised when I see their nominations and I'm always like great that's mostly good stuff you know Morning Glory is a great book that's why it's on there and, well, yeah. I mean, the reality of it, like any other award, it's just a group of people making their opinions yeah. known. You know, which it's is not awesome. like yeah. you know, definitive. This is the best book of, of you know. I'm but sure like, Chew like deserves to be on there. Like, they're all great. it's all good stuff. That's why it's on there. So I, I'm never, pretty like, sure that awards somebody. like that are just put out so that we can argue about what should or shouldn't. Yeah, have been yeah. Well, that's part of the point, right? Crea- yeah. It creates yeah. discussion. Yeah. Um, has anyone here actually been to the Eisner ceremony? I'm very, very shit. Curious I went the that. first time I went to San Diego. The first year I ever went was it was my high school graduation uh, yeah, gift from my dad. So it was after my 18th birthday. We went that summer, and my dad and I we went to the Eisners, and it was really 
long and like people <laughs> rambled and like dry it was, shit. It, yeah. it was dry shit. It was a year when um, Alan Moore won everything. It was a year ABC Comics launched or whatever. So Tom Strong won everything or whatever. But wow. of course, Alan Moore wasn't in fucking San Diego and neither was anybody who drew any of the books. So I think it was <laughs> one of the editors. I don't know if it was uh, uh, Scott Peterson, whoever was was editing Wilson with the time or whatever. Just got, got up there and just up, kept yeah. getting up there and being like, all right, I'll, I guess I'll try to call, you know, uh, you know, Chris Sprouse on the phone. Oh, he, he didn't pick up. I guess he says thanks, though. Should I try to call him more on the phone? No, I'm not going to. And then he said that again. You know, like it was like, but it was like that for like two and a half hours. I'd, I'd call Alan, but he doesn't give out his phone number anymore. <laughs> Disconnected his phone. Yeah, it's a, it was an, I thought it was an interesting, I mean, I thought there was some stuff on there that was sort of interesting to me, but um, it's always one of those things like, why didn't, why is that there? Why, you know, because there were some books on there like, oh, best, you know, there's like stuff that was nominated for best series that put out like four or five issues last yeah, year. And it's I know. like, that seems kind of weird for an, you know, an ongoing series to be nominated when yeah, it's only when put it's out. kind of a mini, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just stuff like that. It, it's always sort of interesting. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's only just, you know, whoever the. I want to get, I want to somehow get on the. You know, the nomination, nomination committee. Yeah, that's. I think that's that. as big of a deal as getting nominated for an Eisner. Yeah, yeah right. That's <laughs> I'm on the nomination committee. Send me shit. Uh, At one time, I tried to convince them to include podcasts on the. In, in oh, the, they should. Uh, I mean, it's related. Yeah. It's related. You should at least count in the the, the media, right? You know, the, yeah. Think. It's it's I don't know. Sure. It's not like the comics journalism category. It's like things about comics or something like. I don't know how the it's yeah, yeah. Thing say, but podcast should count. But I mean, sure. how many times can you nominate CBG? Or you know, I mean, it's like there's. One fucking print journalism comic book. But I mean, and that's you know, but good, good I, stuff. I honestly Scotty I think got that's why again. they decide to come out with an, an issue a year so they'll get their Eisner nomination. Just get yeah, Eisner yeah. out of it. Yeah, it works. But I mean, you know, it's like, of course Oz is going to get one because it's great and Sky does it, but it's not a surprise. It's like, you know, great fantasy book, probably the only kids' fantasy comic out there, and it's really well done. You know, so you know that that stuff is Eisner stuff. That's right. the kind of yeah. stuff that you know. Well, yeah, like you said, like like Oscar films. Yeah, exactly. People go out, of, you know, to try and make something that. Well, not that any of those books were made to try and get an oh, Eisner. No, absolutely but, not. But you know when you they're know nominated. what sort of yeah. stuff is going to get. Exactly. Generally, I mean, it's always a surprise when something sort of. Although, like last year, I remember there was, it was a huge glut of of. Mainstream, mainstream yeah. stuff was on there, which was sort of interesting. It, it was, was almost like, like a, it was like a market correction this year in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, well, you know, the Oscars do that. You know, they'll they'll. I, that's why they. Well, now they nominate just nominate ten. everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. like everyone is nominated. Uh, well, hopefully, one that that gets nominated for uh, this coming year. It's it's not a print comic, but it's available uh, as an iPad Digitally. comic and as a as a PDF and. That is the uh, the truly awesome action double feature from uh, Four oh, Star Studios. That's where you're going. I was like, what, 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 what <laughs> comics are you talking about? I'm, I'm, oh, it's us. I'm up here for you, man. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, we won't get eyes. Tell us about the, thank you. Tell us about the gripper. Oh man. Well, uh, the, basically, you know, like the every gripper. every first every comic creator was a comic fan first, and spent some part of their childhood when they could have probably been learning about sports or something, uh, <laughs> making comics. So. Um, I don't know. You can do both. What, you can I, do both. You I, couldn't, to... I couldn't because I've got tiny little arms and I'm completely unfucking coordinated. And so I had to sit home and draw a gripper. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just, you know, it's like I, uh, Eric Larson had Savage Dragon and, and whatever. I had Gripper, which was this mysterious guy with a mask who stretched. And it was basically like 
uh, Sp Spider-Man with Mr. Fantastic's powers, also a jetpack and a gun. Nice. nice. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I, I Stretch Armstrong, perhaps. It was. I think. I don't remember exactly where. Are you? It even are you, came are from. you pre Stretch Armstrong? I, I did. I think I was just post and then pre. Oh, because yeah, there was okay. no. Came back. Yeah, he yeah, came yeah, back, yeah. but I. I don't think I was. But it, I. I don't even remember where the stretchy part came from. But I know that the mask was cool. Yeah, the mask was Black Spider Man's, and the jetpack was from. Uh, I don't, God, I don't even know. Just like I think it was from um, uh, Buck Rogers. It was just like you know weird shit that kids put together. Or uh, what's yeah. the uh, DC? Adam Strange. Adam Strange, Adam Strange yeah, yeah, something like maybe that. Maybe a little Boba Fett. A little Boba Fett, probably, yeah. yeah. I probably combined all my three and three quarter action figures at the time, my Secret Wars Spider-Man, my whatever. <laughs> like, you had a box, and it had, like, a gun from one guy and another guy's jetpack, and then, like, a long arm, and you're like, shit, this is all I have to play with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I'll beat the gripper. Make this work. <laughs> and the gripper was born. Well, you, you make action figures now. Yeah, yeah, I do. I haven't done it lately because I'm stupid busy, but yeah. You got just, married. Well, that, I, that was <laughs> my just, solution to sexual frustration after marriage was to make toys, yeah. basically, which is creepy. <laughs> Can I tell a, a funny uh, action figure story? Uh, C2E2, uh, I, my kids came on Sundays always, and they always want to buy something. And I ended up, Jack picked out this, it was like a two-pack of Wolverine and Sabretooth action figures, right? We get them home within five minutes Sabretooth has no legs. He busted <laughs> the legs off. And I'm like, Jack, why did you do that? And he's like, well, Wolverine cut his legs off. I had to nice. take him off. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They'll grow back. It'll be fine. I'm like, I can't really argue with it's, that. You better keep an eye on that one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's thematically correct. You know, just don't I had a hard sense. time arguing with him. I didn't know what to do. But yeah, he busted his legs right off because Wolverine... <laughs> Just make sure the Wolverine like, doesn't meet the, the family is, cat. Yeah, right. He had to do that. Like he had to do the swipe of Wolverine and then take the character and go. Grrr. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like the interruption of play there was. Yeah. Snap. All right. Uh, Wolverine. No. Uh, and he did both. Yeah. It wasn't just one leg. It was both legs. Man, that fucking Wolverine's a mean bastard. Like chop off the follower. No. No. <laughs> and now there's just a saber tooth laying around on the floor all the time with no legs. It's oh. A saber torso. He's just always saying, "Yeah." Help. Me. <laughs> All right. I'll get you, Logan. I'll get you. All right, so more action double feature. Oh, yeah. the, the, the gripper, by the way, that is the that is the original character. He's the prototype. Pro oh. Prototype for Jack Kraken. Right, right. I, wait, yeah. I have to interrupt one more time because I just one little more anecdote is uh, he doesn't want speaking you to of, talk about No, I do point. want you to talk about, but I, but I just you keep bringing stuff up that, that I laugh about because when I was a kid and and me and my friend wrote and drew like six issues of our own comic and i can't remember what we called it but it was all us uh, like all of our friends our group of friends sure. somehow got like it was sort of part american or uh american hero wait what was that greatest american, greatest american, american hero yeah, sure. where like aliens came down and gave us all like suits but they, it was that crossed with like thundercats because they're all like <laughs> animal based superpowered suits and i still keep thinking how am i gonna rewrite that for today i think that's I the new cartoon of thundercats is that <laughs> Or that's that's uh, Jeff, yes, it Jeff stars Scott you and your friends. friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it stars you. Wildsiders was basically that's what Jeff Campbell made. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sounds kind of cool. I think I still have some of those issues laying around. Those <laughs> I love things. that stuff. Like I always wanted. You always ever since I've been reading Dragon, I always want an excuse to bring back. You know, like the character you made as a kid, whatever. But unfortunately, Gripper is. It just it's masturbation term or something. I don't know. Every time I say it to someone, they kind of smile. 
And I don't know. It doesn't directly mean anything. It's weird. just a weird word. Like yeah, gripper. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, I don't it's know. Not, it's not. It's a not name. Everybody is kind of like. It's an action kind it's of. Like he puts a grip it's, on crime. I don't know. Like, what does it he do? It reminds me like my grandmother, and she can't get to the detergent, so she's got one of those things. It's like a long thing. You squeeze it, and it's got like. Well, okay, it's got a gripper on. He it, had one know? of those. That's. Kind of, I think yeah. that might be where the name originally. Well, it, the name came a, from. It's, act, it's actually the name of a piece of uh, curling equipment. Oh Jesus! Is really? Yes, it is. <laughs> so it's all about geriatric people that can't. Because yeah. yeah. That curl. Originally, was there was my grandpa had a pair of gloves called gripper gloves, which were for carpentry or whatever. But I did give him one of those things that grab shit. He had one, but I don't know what the hell. Well, whatever. He he got turned into Jack Kraken because gripper just. As much as I loved it, I don't know. It made Chris Burnham laugh, and I was like, then I know it's not right. (laughs) If he he thinks it's funny, then I there's something I don't know and I don't want to know probably. So, but yeah. But when you know we were kicking around uh, that we want to do something in our studio because it's me, Mike Norton, a guy named Josh Emmons, who's a iPad. Uh, developer and uh, Sean Dove is a graphic designer. Kind of kicked around. We kind of we knew we wanted to do something, and uh, that's kind of we came up with was doing this you know direct to digital app, um, which will also be available in PDF. But you know go by genre. So that's why you know we did actionable feature number one uh, first, and Mike and I each contributed sort of our action sort of superhero characters. So. Which the the answer from uh, from Mike Norton and Dennis Hopeless, which the answer is a character that Mike's been kicking around since I've known him like five years. Years. Yeah, not as long as the gripper. Not quite. <laughs> Maybe we sure. don't know. We don't know the the origin of yeah. the answer. It could have been from I, childhood. I, I, the answer kind of definitely comes from Mike's uh, Ditko love, I think. But I don't know specifically that it came from. I don't think because every kid, like especially with Did you gripper. have a, a box of broken toys at home that you created the answer from. Yeah, yeah, right. I was in Wisconsin. There was nothing, but like, and then you know, I, I included it with the with the app as we do special features, and so we threw in a bunch of stuff. And I included a sketch page which had some of my old drawings of Gripper, and you know, you kind of see him when he's sort of like a Spider-Man guy. And then by the time I turned 13, Liefeld's popular. Then you see the Liefeld type version with <laughs> weapons and backpacks and stuff. And then there's like over 20 years. I think there's like 15 versions of of wow. of Gripper, the which Gripper. Yeah, eventually became Jack Cracker, but. Uh, but we included that in there because we, could, you know, it's not like print. We can throw in stuff and do whatever we want. And there's there's a little Deadpool yeah. feel to it, just, which is just, weird because he, he was never he was never influenced by. I mean, that was before you know, it just, just kind of that not in a little, and I, and I mean a little Deadpool. Well, he's and red then, and black, so that helps. Well, <laughs> but 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 he's funny. There, there's kind of that offbeat humor, but it's not the the. Deep insanity, yeah. fractured personalities of, of Deadpool, but there is that kind of mischievous um, humor to the character. Yeah, and that—I mean—that's one of the things that um, will come into the story. Of, hopefully, I'll do more Jack Cracker stuff, which is, you know, why he's like who he really is. Because I, I always want to do a character who is masked, and you don't know who they are. Like you don't know, you know. That's why when you were a kid, and you saw Wolverine. You're like, this guy's so awesome because you didn't know anything about him, right? <laughs> um, and so that's kind of the, the idea on Jack, I think, and also to, to the answer. Sort of like going back and doing the stuff that we really responded to, um, reading comics, action comics as kids, and but not making them super dumbed down and like insulting because I think most stuff that's all ages. We're, we're switching to the term all audiences, I think. Did we decide? Very nice. All like ages that. is means something bad. It's like a stain in the current market. It's like all ages made... Mighty, you know that Thor, it means comic, it, it means Thor the Mighty Avenger means it will get an Eisner nomination, but it won't sell. Exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna change that to all audiences, which I think is a uh, 
Actually, a better term too. You know, just so, uh, I, so, so this is really uh, the force four star studios <clears throat> team. You know, kind of come to fruition where you've got where you've got the the, the, the story, the art. Uh, even though you know, um, your 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 artist uh, who's the Ross artist? Campbell, Ross Campbell, yep. and then Dennis Hopeless aren't a part of four star studios, but uh, obviously uh, Emma are they? Or are they? Are they? No, <laughs> <Technically>. no. <laughs> it's like Mike's like they don't pay rent. <laughs> Uh, you know, but you, you had you had Emmons that designed the uh, the yeah. iPad uh, app, so it, it's kind of you, you're starting to see what you guys have been working towards as a studio. I mean, was this kind of always your vision for doing that? Well, I mean, when we first started, it was basically it, it wasn't a team; it was just basically the idea that um, we all were working at home, and you know, when Devils do close and stuff, uh, I, me and Sean were left without a place to, to work. Even when we weren't working for them, we at least you know rented out space and mm -hmm. hung out with Sam Wells and stuff. But um, at the time, it was just sort of an issue of like we don't have anywhere to go to do stuff. And you know, Emmons had just gotten he had gotten over a, a cancer treatment and didn't want to work at home anymore. And we talked Mike into it, though he resisted. And uh, but we all you know it ended up being at first is just we're all working on our own, but in the same space so that we could tell fart jokes and you know. Play wrestling video games. Show after off your toys to each other. Toys and shit. The broken ones and the homemade yeah, ones. Yeah, right, exactly. You know? So I mean, it was really more just the studio, not the yeah. idea of like, well, let's put the studio together to do. Right. There was never originally it wasn't that intent, but well, pretty soon after we started the, the studios, like we're always talking about the same sort of things. We all believe the same sort of sort of things, basically. And we and the one thing that I think we always talked about was that you know people always talk this gloom and doom about the comics and and the sort of. The way that print sales are very erratic, and in some cases dropping, and that you know bookstores are closing, blah blah blah. But I mean, we don't think there's a problem. We we always kind of kept coming to the thing is we don't think there's a problem with comics. We think there's a problem with the distribution method. With delivery, right. sure. So um, you know, and, and the way we saw the people do digital, we all I think we we all agreed was not the way that we think was the best way to do digital. And the way the problem that digital was having was that it was trying to compete with print. And nobody wanted to compete with print. Like, no, Marvel and DC can't make their books as cheap as they should be because they don't want to piss off comic stores, which, mm -hmm. of course, they don't want to. One, it's, you know, it's a great institution in the comics industry, and they pretty much deliver and run the only way to get these comics to people. Um, so our solution was, well, there is no print. We're not going to print it. It, it doesn't yeah. have print. It's just digital, and it's, uh, you know... We're not, we're not trying, and we can charge the price I think it should be, which we we all agreed is 99 cents. That's the magic price for digital download yeah. step. You don't think about it. You you see 99 cents, you say, fuck it, I'll buy it. Yeah, $1.99, you, you question it. Hey, yeah. everybody's got a buck. Uh, one of the things I, I loved about the app is that, and this is, Gemin's first uh, uh, app, which what what is the name of that comic? Mike has been doing. I can never remember the damn now name. Now it's of City it. of Sand. Yeah. Okay, I can remember City of Sand. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. why we yeah. had him change it. Because yeah. uh, it was Novus Corpus Verum Corpus. Verum, yeah. Verum Corpus. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. Latin's dead, he, man. He it's true body. Okay. But we gave him. We've you know we've talked to him about it. Well, they call it true body. Yeah. yeah, it's a dead language, Gemmins. It's Latin. All right, for but, a reason. But, but what I loved about that original app, and and especially on the double feature, is that you can view it as as the finished comic, you know, colors and letters, obviously, like any other comic that you would download. But then you can see it as uh, without just the art, without the uh, without the the lettering. You can see it just the inks 
and you can see it as either pencils or, or the original This where that process junkie thing comes it's around. It's awesome. Yeah. And, then, and then there's a DVD commentary to it. So it's you can you can literally for the for the dollar you can read through this thing in three or four or five different well, I ways. Well, I think that and the, the awesome. thing that we we kept coming back to, and, and this is something Josh very much you know talked about very early was is that. Um, when you're when you're doing something digital, you should try to show what you can do, that in that medium. In that medium, specifically, make it something that. of itself. It's yeah. not just trying to recreate a comic book experience. It should be more. I mean, more exactly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't cost us any more to give you the pages that went through the process. But it's really interesting. Yeah. And I think you know, like guys who collect original art and all that sort of stuff, and especially even new readers to comics, people who, if you're trying to, I mean, that's primarily kind of who we're interested in getting is sort of lapsed comic book readers like. You know, people who were there for the early 90s and stood in line to get fucking Todd McFarlane and Spider-Man number one, you know, whatever, the incredibly rare comic, of course, and that printed <laughs> two fucking million times. Or you know, just to, and, and, but they're lapsed and they haven't touched anything. Right, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, just having more, you know, the stuff that would make you, if you came back into it and said, I remember enjoying this stuff, and then you saw the cool shit, uh, the bells and whistles that we can do that, you know, well, you know, the other thing is that, you know, whenever they start talking about, like, day-and-date -day release of, of Marvel or DC or Dark Horse or whoever, if they're going to charge the same price that they are or relatively the same price that they're charging on the, uh, in comic shops, I need something extra. And you guys yeah. have shown that you can give something extra that, that shows process, that it's, it's cool. And that's, you know, yeah, if and, you and can the day -and -day do it, thing is ridiculous anyways. Like, why would you buy something... Where you don't actually get to own anything yeah. in digital form or buy the comic, but it's like basically they've been using digital as a like a consolation prize lately. Like that's and that's a terrible method. I know I think everybody knows that this is the sort of distribution method to get outside the audience we have. Like it's great that we have comic shop audience. We love it. We love comic shops, but that audience is going to be somewhat limited now. That's yeah. that's it. If you want to go outside that, you have to make digital and you have to make it. Tempting. You have to make it interesting to the people that might want to buy it. And not saying, oh, well, you want to stop in your little comic shop, of which likely you don't have one within three hours of your yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, get this book and pay $3.99, or we'll give it to you $3.99. That's stupid. It's a stupid, stupid it, idea. So. It's funny because we talk, we, we've talked about digital comics and the ad nauseum. Ad nauseum on so many different podcasts over the last few years. And I can't wait. You know, it's like, like 10 years from now to be able to go back and listen sure. to the shit that we have said about this yeah. and say they did what or this oh, yeah. is what they thought was going to happen I think the one definite thing that has changed though that has kind of firmed it up is that with phones and with the iPad and stuff you own like the standard has become how people interact with that is I will pay a little bit you know like yeah. you know it is a, it's a one for one thing I'm getting a product and I accept that there's a marketplace for it like that's accepted in a way that the web's not you know and, you know, going on websites and being on the internet is like, I want to do anything I want. And you can't fucking tell me that I'm not allowed to do this. I want to download anything I yeah. get for free. Steal whatever. I get to say yeah. whatever I want about anything and comment anywhere in my opinion and fuck you if you tell me I'm wrong. You know, like, <laughs> it's a way more anarchistic kind of space. Wild West. Yeah, it's yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I think that people, you know, people do like formats, you know. People like to go to a bookstore and see what's out on the shelf because, you know, like, it's not, it's not you don't have to make a thing for yourself. So when you have a, like, a space and there's stuff that's professionally done and on sale, you're willing to pay a little bit for right. it. And that makes, that gives you a little bit more ability to get shit done, you know? Yeah. Uh, 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 
Sal opened up the uh, the double feature app and is uh, showing off the character the designs gripper. of the gripper. Um, was there any concern uh, on your guys' part about the idea that, um, I mean, you're sort of building your own comic studio now, in, in yeah. some sense. I mean, I, I assume that you know you, you guys have sort of mentioned a little bit that there are other creators that are getting on board that are going to put stuff out through this app and, mm-hmm. and that. Um, I mean, have you given any thought to the idea, though, that that sort of limits your ability to, you know, to distribute your stuff? Because, I mean, I mean, that's one of my biggest concerns, not biggest concerns, but one of the things I look at right now is like everybody's coming out with their own sort of distribution model yeah. for digital comics. You know, it's like Comixology has their thing and Marvel has their thing and DC has their thing. And yeah. now, you know, Dark Horse and now you guys, and you know what I mean? It's like, and as a comic book fan, I don't, you know, I don't know that I want to have five or six or seven yeah. apps, uh, you know, Absolutely. or more on my on my iPad to have to read comics every week or every month or every. And, and that's I mean? just going to be that problem. Is that? Well, I mean, no one. Basically, everyone's kind of got the idea of the, what they think it should be, and no one's going. Well, we're all going to agree on this universal thing, and that's just right. the way it's going to be. But you know, certainly the format that you know is comics right now. Um, as going to the store and buying a book of the same size, it wasn't always that way either, right? right. I mean, that was what they came upon eventually uh, after, oh, the, the grocery stores like to have it this way so they can stock it behind the nudie mags or whatever. Right. You know, there, there, there's a reason that it, it came to be that way, and there's a reason that books are sold the way they are. And, and you know, eventually, I guess the market will probably bear it out. I mean, that's the only way it's going, going to work. But, I, I, you know, I think just sort of laying down and dying and saying, you know, well, I guess we'll go with what everybody else did. It's just not something that we're interested in doing. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, but you do are, are – I mean, you are also offering it as, as a PDF file. So right, right, right. I mean, that's – I mean, of... we, we recognize that not everyone has an iPad, you know? I mean, that's yeah. – yeah. but, but when we came into it, it, it was – you know, Josh um, is, a, is a big Apple guy. He's also um, a big supporter of the iPad and, and the tablet idea and was a big fan of it even before it was a huge hit. So um, – that's where his sort of faith in, in this stuff is going, you know. And for now, that's kind of the, the that's what we're gonna. It's an, you know, it's basically an experiment. It's saying, you know, this is kind of what we believe will do best for it. And obviously, the, you know, the, there's other tablets and there's uh, Android stuff. And and I think over time, that's something that we'd be interested in doing. And you know, making poor Josh sit down and write another fucking app. <laughs> but for now, I you know, we're saying, well, this is where we're throwing our you know, I yeah, had it. Yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. what we're saying. And but we don't. But we want you to be able to read the content. So yeah, you can get a PDF. You just can't get the cool features that were yeah. made exclusively for that. Well, iPad. I was going to ask you that. What did the? Is there any way in the PDF to sort of? There's no way to do the the layers. There's just no way to do it. It would make such a huge download that it wouldn't be. What about? Yeah, it'd be yeah. like what a what giant about, Photoshop file or something. Like yeah, exactly. That. It would just be. What too about big. a flash? Uh, but the flash flash doesn't support it on on a lot of. Well, no, but I'm saying in addition. I mean. It's possible. I mean, I think for now Josh, we're sort Josh of... Josh only has so many hours in the yeah, day. Yeah, Josh has oh, right. so many hours. <laughs> I know, I, and I'm yeah. just, like I said, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. on... And we're also kind of going, you know, just ideas, like... But... It, we're, it's not like we're setting up to do this huge launch where we needed to, to go over right this damn minute and have everybody get it. Right. It's, it's, it's just not has, that has way, it been, right? Has it been successful? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, the, the, when we first launched it, we thought it was awesome. You to buy some pizza or something now? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. We buy pizzas. <laughs> but what we think is funny is like when we launched, you know, we go and check the numbers and stuff, and you start to see who's downloading and whatever. You can see the, the thing. I, we definitely sold a shitload to comic industry people because I think that's who was immediately excited about it. Sure. And they're also sort of tend to be more early adopters. Like, you know, I saw you dropping Twitter bombs. Sure, and, yeah. yeah. And those are the guys who are getting it right away, right? Sure. 
Um, what we need to do now is, and we've talked about this at, at length, is figure out a way to get to non-comics people, but tech people, iPad people. Yeah. You know, that's the people that we need to hit next because we all have um, voices within the limited comic book industry. And then of those people that love comics, there's the ones that are interested in digital and tech stuff and also are interested in Mike and I. It's basically where we are now. So that's cool. That's a number. And that's something we can totally work with. We just have to go outside and keep pushing, you know, to be something that we don't just try to cannibalize um, an existing audience that is totally fine with the distribution model that exists, you know? Yeah. So sure. well, I got to say, when I first got the app, when I first bought it and, and downloaded everything, and, and obviously I was looking forward to this stuff for a while, but I had a couple of real immediate reactions to it. And one was, for whatever reason, even though I had read uh, Josh's comic before, when I saw your guys' stuff and the 99 cent and the two different books that are in it, you know, and in, the, in, in the application. In the application, and, yeah. everything you did, my immediate reaction was sort of this weird, like, light bulb going off, going, wow, that really worked. Like, I mean, it That's really, it. yeah, that like, that was finally yeah, somebody fucking was. got it. It really yeah. was yeah. just like, wow, that really is uh, everything that it should be. And, right. and then my second reaction was, wow, these guys are going to spend an, a bunch of time dealing with people that want to be a part of this now. And has, has and, 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 <laughs> my chuckles. And I imagine, I'm wondering now, like, how much time are you spending? I mean, at, at what point are you going to have to sort of hire uh, someone to be your uh, editor in chief of to to kind of you know take submissions yeah. and and I just want to throw my hand. Is it before the, the second issue right comes out? <laughs> that, Is it before uh, the second issue comes out or before the third issue? You'd say this because this well, would exist. Well, it, but, you know the, the kind of thing. Why when we set it up, it was like okay. We want to do this, and we know that there's people who think like we do, which is why we were able to immediately reach out to like B. Claymore and reach out to Phil Hester, and, and guys. Oh, Phil's that, doing something with you guys. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, doing awesome. um, a fantasy double feature. Um, but guys that we know are on the sort of level of the way we like to do stuff, or, or and, and believes in all audience stuff, and and you know is um, technologically savvy and stuff like that. Uh, oops, sorry, but they. Uh, but so we we made it like invite sort of thing like let's work with these guys we know they can do it they get it we don't have to explain anything. Well, and the thing know. the thing is because it's a double feature, it's and they're what eight eight, eight pages. pages yeah. I mean eight pages for a lot of people to get involved with this is not a right. huge and that's commitment. The, one of the reasons we did it still too. getting sixteen pages of comics for ninety nine cents yeah. which is awesome. new yeah. new yeah. comics, new comics yeah. brand new stuff is awesome I mean that's yeah, yeah. But and going and back to what thing. you were saying you, yeah. you reached out to these guys and yeah and, and they were all it, they, we didn't have to explain they're like yeah okay do it eight pages I'll get it to you soon and that's what we wanted to do at first all the writers said that yeah and some of the artists <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that that much is true. Uh, but yeah, so it was just sort of like you own it. We're not taking it. It's your book. You know, we just we just want to put you out in this this new uh, app. Mm -hmm. And then you know, once we put it out, then yeah, people were like, "Holy shit, this is something I want to do." And so we are getting a lot of of, of people want to do stuff, and that's super flattering. Um, and I know you know we just we're just like trying to figure out okay, we, we have to maintain what we originally said was keep the quality up. Yeah, and, it has yeah. to be what we thought. Like, clearly, I think, you know, when we look at the first round of the stuff, which is what we had picked out before we even released the first one, basically for the first four, four months, we can look at all that stuff and go, this is exactly what we should have been putting out. This is the exact, you know, these are the books that we all had faith in, every single one of us. These stories, these are going to be great. So then we have to just keep that up after that. And I, we know tons of talented people, and there's tons of talented people who are willing to go, yeah, I get it. I'll do eight pages, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, but we had, like, 
over the last couple of weeks, I just get the email like, oh my God, that's really flattering and awesome. I don't know what to do with it. You know, like, <laughs> so we just have to figure out, it has to maintain a certain sort of quality level. Yeah, it's, and it has it's, to, it's hard to turn Mike Mignola down. Yeah. You know? Oh man, he could do, well, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can have the app at this point. Well, you, you, you talked Careful. about, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, he'll Careful. Uh, you, you talked about uh, Clay more. Uh, he and Ryan Brown are yeah. doing, uh, Ryan Brown of, of God Hates Astronauts, um, Fame, I guess. Um, infamy, maybe infamy, infamy. Uh, are going to do for the uh, horror. the horror yep. horror double feature. I cannot wait for that. It's called it's Monsterology. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an insane like sort of you know 1960s Kirby, um, you know the the weird old monster books he did before. Oh, like, he like Amazing Fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before, and, pre Spider Man. Yeah. But with like this sort of weird like, I mean it's it's very it's just kind of really funny and weird and and I. I Brian uh, emailed me the other day and said, you know, I did this really fucking weird drawing, and I don't know if this is what Clay intended, but uh, he didn't say anything. You know? And like, but, but I, when Clay posted on our board, just like, this is super awesome. Like, he didn't, he just didn't react to, he was, Ryan was kind of afraid, like, I went too far. It's really weird. But it's, it's hilarious. And for, I don't know if Ryan, you could do Ryan, that to Clay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know for, if you could, well, could weird for, for, yeah, for, for Ryan Brown to say that, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, whenever, whenever I saw, uh, whenever I saw uh, that Clay was, was uh, mentioning uh, Ryan on Twitter about, you know, and following, so I was like, man, I'd really like to see them do something together so I was really excited yeah, about that. Yeah, and that was kind of thing when we first started. We, you know, it was basically the, the whole thing got fleshed out on New Year's Eve when we were all drunk as shit and this is how we all came up with who we wanted to work on stuff. We're all sitting around New Year's Eve before we go to the bar and we're like, oh, I've got an idea. Let's team Clay Moore and Ryan Brown. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't you want to see that? And we're like, yes, yes we would. So we just sent out emails and that was, that was how we did it. Um, but we can do that because one, we have good track records with these people and uh, we also know really talented people who make the kind of stuff that we like so they understand, you know, sort of that stuff right off the bat. And, you know, that's going to make a kind of thing we're excited about. We're going to push it. We're going to get excited about it because we want to see B. Claymore write a story for Ryan Brown that has a giant crazy-ass monster. I, I won't ruin it, but it's funny as hell. What, uh, and not dirty or anything, though. That's the cool thing. It's like these are all, all audiences. It's not are, dirty or anything. It's just you, funny. Like, I mean, obviously with uh, your stuff, um, I mean, you have ongoing stories that you, you're looking to tell with this. Now, with other... You know, people doing. I mean, is there a, a, a limit? Is there a required amount? I, I mean, what do you just sort of like? Um, it's been kind of loose as far as like if people want to. Now, you know, like Mike did the answer, but Mike doesn't want to. He's got a, a different series with the answer going in, so he doesn't want to continue to do short eight-page stories with the answer. He's got an answer series that his story is basically a prequel to. So. He doesn't want to continue it. He wanted to do a cool answer story, do it eight pages. Okay. So it won't appear in action two. You know, we'll get, we have other uh, stuff. Um, but yeah, like, you know, when, we kinda, when, when do I get more Jack Kraken? Jack Kraken will be in action two. So, okay. Okay. So that'll be what, four months from now, I guess, basically. Okay. But the, the goal is to do four books in four months. So, you know, do our four genres okay. over four months. And then in that fifth month, do. Each crossover. One, well, one book each. Yeah, <laughs> one book each week. So uh, four books a month. That's the goal. Okay. So one each book comes okay. out every month, basically. But all four of them come. If that doesn't happen, two books a month for a while. I mean, basically, you know, we're, it's it's four guys in a studio who have full time jobs. Who have other yeah. stuff yeah. that yeah. you're doing. You've got other shit literally on your plate in front of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. While this is going on. Yeah. So, but we're cool with that. I mean, I, we're not trying to be, you know, I, we're we're approaching in that sort of. Um, you know, just let let's let it grow and not be 
you know, be ridiculous about it. Let's make it a manageable risk and let's make it a, a something we're excited about. And if, once we start ha stop having fun, then maybe we didn't do it right. And you know, and hopefully those iTunes downloads keep coming, and yeah. you can just make. And that then by what San Diego, Tim will be up on a podium banging his shoe and be like, "We're gonna fucking bury you guys." <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Mark Zuckerberg all of a sudden. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> but no, I, mean, I think you know, uh, we'd love it to be our job in, you know. Couple of years, this is what we do. But I, you know, we're realistic in saying, all right, we're we're trying something. We want to see how people. And if we have to change on a dime, we can do that. It's four guys. We can change um, if something's not working. If things aren't, you know. But yeah, it's just deeds, not words, right? That's our that's our motto. So that's what we're going by. Is we're just going to make stuff. We're going to make it, and hopefully, people get what we're trying to do and like it as much as we do. That's yeah. awesome. Well, one thing I was going to ask is, and I just, I'm just curious about this because I, you hear so much stuff, but how is it like dealing with Apple and getting all this stuff in and improved and how, you know, like that whole process? Is that pretty easy to go through? Or? Yeah, apparently it wasn't a big deal at all. Jo you know, Josh knows the he, – he, he's designed apps before. He knows what you have to do. I think we got our turnaround for approval in, what, a week? A week and a half. Yeah. A week and a half. Hmm. Um, you know, no, no, nothing weird, nothing difficult. It was, you know – but Josh knew what not to do, you know. He knew the in-app sales thing and all that sort of stuff. He, all that stuff was, he was aware of it. So, you know, it, it wasn't, wasn't any surprises. Deal. Yeah, no surprises that's a, that's, us, a, so. that's a hell of a resource to have working with you. Oh, yeah, Someone we know. That, oh, he's, yeah. He's indispensable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we know that. We went, I mean, you know, I'm completely sort of tech-tarded, and, and Mike is really into technology stuff, but doesn't know how to program or anything. So. I've, I've, he, he's into the end user part of it. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've destroyed computers. <laughs> and, and my thing is I was just, I'm, I'm not very technologically savvy really or I'm not an early adopter, but uh, I'm into the philosophy of continuing people getting comics. So whatever that means, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know? I don't, it's, I'm not like a guy that goes out and runs out and buys a new, you know, new iPhone or something. But if it means that it'll get the comics in the hands of kids and everybody else, then I'll fucking do it. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm not in it for the tech. I'm in it for the comics. So, cool. you know, which I'm fine with too. It'll, it'll work out, I think. Take a break. All right. Well, before we talk about some uh, some actual comics here, well, Comic beyond comics. double feature, because actual that is, that, that is, that is, that is, wow, that sounded terrible. It was a little insult. When we talk about Zing. some good comics, Tim, some things uh, that are on paper, not like yeah, this fucking glass hell? shit. Well, no. he does read. He does. He does uh, listen to albums and <laughs> use a rotary telephone. Was double feature hand lettered? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hand lettered and scanned it in just, right. just to do that. So, so, uh, so folks out there, uh, all the places that they can get uh, double feature. It's available on the uh, iTunes store uh, or the App Store. Um, just it's double feature. Double feature. Mm -hmm. um, it is available on our website in PDF format at www.doublefeaturecomics.com. Um, you can get there also through Four Star Studios. Um, dot com, which is our uh, our studio company, and uh, yeah, we've got links around for it. It's ninety nine cents either way. Um, you don't get special features with the PDF, but you still get sixteen pages, new comic plus sketchbook uh, for ninety nine cents. Uh, cool. And and, and follow and follow you all on Twitter. 
yeah, for, and, for uh, new yeah, updates. each of us are on there. Um, but yeah, it's all Sweet it's all set up so that you can yeah we we talk about the books a lot. We, there's actually a cool thing that Josh just posted too is a how to use this app. It's it's just a little film he made. It's uh, it you know it's on the website if you aren't sure how to uh, turn pages. It's up there for you. But and, and, and it's amazing how Twitter has become such a marketing tool for stuff like this. It just seems yeah. like a perfect hand-in-hand -hand I'm convinced marriage. that 85 to 90% of Twitter users are in the comic book industry. Yes. Pretty Re much. Readers and industry yeah. folks. Well, you know, yeah. the statistics for Twitter are actually kind of shocking. There's, what, like, mm -hmm. there's like, I don't know, some crazy number of, of enlisted names, right? But most of them, um, I think like 70% are unused completely. Really? Um, yeah. An additional 30% of those people only follow one person. Conan. <laughs> they, they follow Conan. Yeah, right. And, uh, well, I've, I've got a friend of mine, uh, Neil, uh, uh, who's like, he said that he joined Twitter just because he wanted to reserve his name, his, his at name, and he's never used it, but he says, I own my name, and so at some point I'll go back and use it. He just wanted to yeah. get his name. I mean, that's cool. And I, I think uh, the... That, and that's where, you know, I'm not concerned that all these people aren't using Twitter because the people we're trying to get to are the ones that do use it, right? They're, yeah. They're the they're ones on there. Savvy. You don't sure. have to teach yeah, them. Yeah, you don't have to teach them anything. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, it's, it is shocking how, how many people probably actually use it every day and then how many of those people are you know, entertainment nerds or of some sort. I mean, basically it's like teenage girls who like Bieber and comic fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's like Twitter, yeah. basically. And then, like... Much. Tech bloggers and stuff like that, you know. Leo yeah, people who are already stuff. way tapped into media in general. Yeah. I've got plenty of friends who aren't on Twitter and they don't have Facebook pages, and they have like regular jobs. Like there's somebody who's a bartender, or somebody you know who yeah. works in an office somewhere. They could give a shit about yeah. Twitter. But people who spend all their day on the internet anyway, for whatever reason, definitely have a Twitter account. Yeah, oh, I've, I've got, I've got my Twitter window open on my computer all the time, and it's just kind of there. It's almost background noise. So. And it's I, like I was kind of I didn't get Twitter at all at first. I just I mean it's, I still am not sure I get it. But until I realized. <laughs> What it's perfect for is if you're any kind of like model trained celebrity of any sort, like not a real celebrity, but you work in some kind of in industry and you have some kind of followers, that it's for you. That's what Twitter's for. It's how you directly reach your people. Because people, nor, you know, Entertainment Tonight and television stuff isn't scrambling to see what you fucking said because you're nobody. But you can directly reach if you're like, you know, you're a comic book artist or you're the world's greatest, you have the world's greatest collection of model trains. And people want to know. Those are the people you, you're well, talking directly to. I don't to think. I, think <laughs> I, I don't think it's just uh, you know like any sort of you know small form celebrity either. I think even oh, yeah. large celebrity. You know, very, oh, absolutely, very, very, right, right, right. You, because it's it is a direct connection yeah. to your, it's crazy to people that want to hear what you have to and say you, and yeah. instead yeah. of going yeah. through magazines or going through newspaper. Right, and you right. get you get you to know. custom tailor. Now, sometimes that's good, you, but sometimes it's some, yeah. You know, well, I, I was I was looking at my Twitter feed the other day, and it was just like, okay, this is my Twitter feed because it was Tim Seeley followed by Roseanne Cash followed by Matthew Barry, who's a fantasy baseball guy, and, and it was just like, okay, that's three people I follow that probably only I would follow those three right. people. You and know, that's going to be the, that's yeah. the future though too. Is like news, all this stuff is going to be more tailored towards you. You will only get the news you give a shit about. Yeah. Um, you know, right. in the future, you only get that stuff. Like, if you don't care that you know whatever, you know that uh, Kim Kardashian took a shit today, you won't get that one. But if you care that she like twittered that you know she was gonna, I've I pretty much, I've pretty much sort of segregated my life into that as it is now. Like, there are complete segments of popular music, television, mm -hmm. you know, movie stars, 
that I don't even know that exists. Yeah, because I just completely have blocked any of that stuff out of right. my life. But some no people aren't going to want like some people aren't going to want to be that selective. Just like I said, yeah. you know, the web you can do anything, and then you got your phone or whatever, and then like some people are just like okay, whatever the general news, you know, like some sure. people just want. Whatever they don't, they're not going to have specific tastes, and and these kind of things are, are good for them too. It's really weird though. Like every time I think about Twitter, I'm like, what's it good for? What do you do with it? It's like, oh, uh, you know, like in Iran, they start a revolution with it, and like people <laughs> yeah. keep forgetting with that, like, oh, I'm fucking following a celebrity over here. Dur, 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 dur. But it just tells you it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. first world problems. You exactly. Know? Like, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. it's cool for me to see Will Wheaton, you know, Wesley Crusher, having a conversation with Mike Doty, the yeah. lead singer from from Soul Coffee, and, and it's like. Where in my world did I ever think that these two would actually converse with each other? And sure. they're like Twitter buddies. And that, yeah. that's. Yeah, that is the kind totally of cool bizarre. thing about Twitter, too, is that you have that voyeuristic outside thing where the people you follow who talk to each other, each other yeah. you get to see that stuff. It's a little bit voyeuristic, but clearly they wouldn't be having that conversation if they didn't want you to see it. But yeah. you, know, you kind of just get to see these sort of things, which, yeah, it's, it goes back to that sort of crossover mentality where, like, oh, my worlds are combined. And every once in a while you see yeah. the oops, that should have been a DM. Yeah, yeah. Those are, it happens less. You notice that it's less and less. Now. I've done it because I. Yeah. It's a like, dope. That's why you never say shit about anybody, no matter what. Uh, yeah. I don't care about that. I just, I don't remember what I said. Something that was sort of private. Something about me, probably. You have to watch out for the ones that you say. Please. Oops, that should have been a I say way more publicly about you than yeah. I do privately. I don't think I really. I saw I saw you tweet the other day. It's like I'm in a really bad fucking mood and I'm gonna hit someone. Yes. And, and, and no, I didn't say like, I was gonna hit. Some, I, I want to hit something really hard until I feel better. And there were like three immediate responses that were like, "Chris, run <laughs> from other people." And amazingly, <laughs> amazingly enough. You had nothing to do with me being in a bad mood. I know, day. but I knew not to come into your fucking yeah, office. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't see you that whole day. I was in a bad mood. Hey, it what, didn't get better after that. Let's talk about some uh, some comics that have coming out here. Uh, we, we've we've gone uh, we've gone a couple months because of C two E two. First of all, apologies. It was a uh, March was a crazy month here in the Windy City. So uh, so we're back for April and uh, and we've got crazy uh, awesome. It, it, you know, it is. <laughs> I've been so busy. You know, into the curling season and and C. <laughs> To me too. It really has been him. I, it his, has his been. It's, it's, it's been me. Impossible yeah. to hey, we we, we we won. He does seventeen we, podcasts. He curls four <laughs> nights a week, and I don't know what we else. Won, we won our bonds feel though. Very oh, very oh, very happy. Jesus Christ, bonds feel. <laughs> Good it, was, deal. it was awesome. We're going to go up to Wisconsin for a couple of bond spiels next year. Really? Watch yeah. out. I bet you they can curl like fucking crazy the, Wisconsin. Fucking Wisconsinites <laughs> can curl. All right, right. All right. Can we talk comics now? Angry brooms up there. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I can I can lead us off. We had uh, we talked about this one at work, and Tim and I were talking about it off mic a little bit. Uh, this is, as Dark Horse is, uh, is promoting it, the year to be a Hellboy fan. This is going to be uh, a pretty amazing year if you're a Hellboy fan for... Uh, for, uh, whatever. Oh, what, the rest of the year's been shit? Uh, Thanks apparently. a lot, Dark Horse. This, it's, it's all been a tease up until now. But we got a really fun little uh, little one-shot called Buster Oakley Gets His Wish. It was written by Mike Mignola, and all of the art uh, was done by Kevin Nolan, who is, I think, probably one of the, the best inkers in the world. The most distinctive by far. It yeah. Just uh, a, a known, I think, Predominantly as being an anchor, but he, he I got did. him to ink me once, by the way. I requested did you really? him. Yeah. Oh, I wow. requested him on a, one of those charity um, for the Hero Initiative. I did a mm-hmm. cover, a mm-hmm. Spider Man cover or something. I don't remember which one it was. Oh, but, uh, but uh, the Hunter cover. He said, uh, Jim McLaughlin called me and said, Hey, I got to get this ink. Who do you want? I'm like, I don't know, Kevin Nolan. I was joking. He's like, All right, I'll get him. 
Like, oh my god. <laughs> Kevin Nolan actually did like a really respect, like just a really pretty straight ink on it. Didn't, uh, I thought he'd just be like, turn it into a Kevin Nolan drawing. I would be like, go ahead. Go fucking do crazy. It, do it. Do it. Just ink the shit out of it. I don't care if I don't even recognize you myself anymore. You should have just sent him a blank page. There yeah. ink that. <laughs> ink that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Could you ink this, please? Uh, you know, and, and I really like Kevin Nolan, but I've never seen his take on Hellboy. And, and what is it about that character? He designed the logo, actually. Did, did he? Yeah. 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 The oh, Hellboy right. logo? Yeah. Did, wow, I did not know that. I, I didn't. I did know that, but I... Oh, we're bringing back the edutainment. There you yeah, go. I think it's all? actually in the... Yeah, it says it in every book, usually. Yep. Oh, well, not, in this one. By... not in this one. Oh, it doesn't say in that <laughs> of one. Of course. Um, Wait, was what, it that logo or was it the Legends logo? The deep, no, it's, it's the Hellboy. It's Hellboy. Hellboy. Okay. What is it about, about Hellboy as a character that no matter who does it, whether it's Jill Thompson or, or Figredo or... Guy Davis, that you're like, wow, I wonder what their Hellboy is going to be like. And then you look at it, and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. It, people just love drawing this character. Because in a way, like, you know, like, there is, you know, it's like back in the day in Spider-Man when a John Romita Sr. drew it, and then for years after that, when artists would come to Marvel, they'd get a John Romita Sr. style sheet, and you were really drawing, there was distinctive things about how the character's cartoon, no matter right. what. But, like, when you're drawing Hellboy, to me, it seems like you're really drawing Miguel. I mean, even the way yeah. the character's designed and the, and the parts and, and the horns and that has those hard black edges and that that just looks like a Mike Mignola thing. So, really, no matter what, you're doing your twist on him. And Mike's always involved, you know? Like, you're not drawing yeah. Hellboy unless Mike's talking to you and giving you notes and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, it really is his thumbprint never leads it, even though they're always bringing what they do to it. Well, it's, it's such a great character design, you know, that, that he came up with from the beginning, you know, with Hellboy. It's, it's such a distinctive design no, no other character really looks anything like hellboy it's so considered and, too but because like i mean just here the way he holds his arm is always the same john yeah. everybody always has that slack sort of it's heavy jill was talking about the first jill thompson was uh telling me about the first time that she had done hellboy and she <laughs> she put the right hand of doom on his left hand oops yeah dope i got an angry Mike Mignola phone call. <laughs> Put him on the wrong uh, hand. In the back of this, <laughs> it's not the left hand of doom. In, in, in the uh, in the back of this issue, uh, Nolan actually talks about how he was sort of intimidated going into it because he had to draw Hellboy, and it's like you know, how do you? Draw if you intimidated you Kevin Nolan, you fucking did something right. Well, yeah, you know, and it's just like, but I think it is just because it's such a singular singular character. I mean, oh, yeah. it's like it is Mignola. It always will be. It's you know, I mean, it's not. You, you brought up Spider Man. Sure, Ditko created Spider-Man, but we've seen so many. Oh, yeah, Romita right? owned you know, that I wasn't, character. I, I for so just long. drew a Spider-Man yeah. thing. I was like, I wasn't intimidated to draw Spider-Man. Right, you know, what not I mean? really. You're just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw Spider-Man. Like it's not, but yeah, like drawing. But Hellboy like is and yeah. always will be, you know, Mignola. So, right. and, and the other thing that comes across too, I'm just looking. We got the book open right here, but you know, like Mignola scripts these, and he's got a very set style of how his panels lay out and how his pacing runs and you always kind of bring a little bit of that it seems like if you're doing art it's really interesting like i don't know if anybody saw rob liefeld had this thing up on his uh, site this week that was when mignola drew an issue of x-force in the early yeah. years and, and and you know because x-force is a huge book and they needed to get it out on time i distinctly that, so. remember that issue had grizzly in it yeah, yeah and the, i think they were called the six pack uh, which was the, I don't know, I'm, wow. there you go. I remember all <laughs> kinds of shit. But the interesting thing was, like, Leafield put up his, 
and the layouts that he gave it. to him. And he said the one thing I thought was really interesting was that every time I tried to do an uh, overhead shot or whatever, Mike would bring it down to ground level. Like he, Mike Mignola was like, no, I don't draw from weird, you know, camera bird's eye view type stuff. Like everything's on this level. And that's true. I mean, you look through this right here, we're that's looking true. at a page, and it all is just the character standing in the frame doing their thing straight at yeah, you. Yeah, you know? the camera is pretty, is pretty set. But that's what works with, with when Mike draws it. Boy, this is going to be a really geeky conversation because I've really noticed this stuff too. His stuff is all about how quiet everything is and creepy. It's it's until, it's all atmosphere. Until, atmosphere. until there's a huge pullback where like Hellboy punches something in a totally Frank big Rosetta. squid monster. Yeah. yeah, but it's still pulled back. It's never the punch in your face. It's never like Kirby. Yeah, yeah. It's Kirby esque just till that point, and then right after that there'll be a panel of like a close up of a bird's face, like. Right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just that's that's not me a little bit. It was just like, oh, I love those. Yeah, I love well, it. I, but it took me a while to realize that Why? there isn't necessarily like there's not necessarily a meaning to that particular panel. Perfect. That's what frustrated me. Is like, it's a movie. what does this it's fucking a, bird mean? Why is this? What is this? Right? I, I know, but it took it's me a while atmosphere. to realize sure. that I was literally, you know, like reading it so literally and just like. What does that fucking mean? Why is there? What is he trying to tell me? Why in is this there panel? a stone a sto uh, stone gargoyle here? For yeah, no it's reason. just like is he going to show up later? What does he yeah, have yeah. to say? No, he <laughs> no, but those are always the littlest panels. You know, they're always so small and they're sort of like I actually just wrote a hack slash script where I, I referenced that. It was like, um, and then there's a panel of a little bird head. Uh, see Mike McDonald. Like, it was just like that. It was just like, but there's a reason the bird is in there because it's a zombie parrot. But, but, of they, course I, it is. But the reference to it was I wanted to see it drawn. It will like show up later and eat someone's face off. Yeah. Like, it actually, yeah, it doesn't have a point. But I, that was like a great moment in my script for me to be able to be like, I just did that. I just did that. I hope to, my artist gets it. To the actual issue, though, it was It was fun. It was strange. Story. <laughs> it was just a weird. Out of nowhere, Hellboy story. Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely a, a foe or foes that uh, we've never seen Hellboy take on before, and probably won't after this. I would, but I you would just guess. kind of get the impression that no one likes drawing cows because remember when he was drawing uh, that Alan Moore thing with the kid, the little smart kid? Um, shit, what was it called? It was in ABC. Uh, it was smart, the, oh, uh, not Barry Ween. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but the, he had a whole story in there. Where amazing were, stories or amazing. God, tales I can't remember the name of the fucking kid, but there was a yeah, kid in there. Either. It was a super smart kid. It was always about science. Yeah. yeah. And Nolan drew those. And in that story was a cow that was trapped in between dimensions. Basically. Right, right, right. There, there's a scene like that in there. That I think Nolan might have a fucking. Well, thing he for says a cow. in the back of this, there's a pretty long because uh, he goes through some of the cover stuff and yeah, yeah the making of the cover. And he says he's like. Uh, a couple of things like I don't know how Mike knew I would enjoy drawing these cow faces so much, <laughs> and, and so he does. He draws good cow cows. Thing. There we go. Thing. Called that without even reading yeah, it yet. Yeah. Still yeah. sitting in my yeah. pile at home. No, so. He's got a cow thing. So. He he draws some some good cows, and it has my favorite Hellboy panel maybe of all time. Oh, and Hyperboil. Come on, you oh, say that every time oh, you read it. Oh, so Hellboy. damn funny. My okay, funniest Hellboy panel of all time. You just have to read it to uh, to find it. How about you, Sal? Um, you know, I always hate this because we go a month or two months without mm -hmm. you know, talking, and then I always want to talk about stuff that I read two months ago, but then I forget what I read two months ago. So I, I have something from this last week that came out that I uh, really enjoyed was um, the Journey into Mystery 262 or whatever, 262, no, 622. Okay. Um, Thor. Kieran, yeah, Kieran, uh, Kieran Gillen, Gillen um, wrote it. and uh, Boy, is he... 
from his phonograph or phonogram, 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 phonogram from his phonogram. Like we didn't talk about that book enough back yeah. in the day, uh, which was great. But man, is he uh, is he all over the Marvel these days? Uh, he see. wrote it, and Doug uh, Dougie Braithwaite uh, drew it. He's so awesome. good. He's they, so, they, uh, they did a whole bunch of Thor stuff together, right they, before around Caesar, whatever. Didn't he, Dougie do some issues for him? I don't. I don't remember. And he did the Thor I don't know film. If I, I think he did. It. Um, but it's uh, it's more so. Um, more than a Thor uh, book, it's um, it's a Loki story. Oh, okay. um, and I wasn't aware because I hadn't been reading Thor of late, so I didn't really know what was going on. But evidently, um, Loki sacrificed himself uh, to save Asgard at one point. Or save, that was the end of Siege. That was the end of Siege. Yeah. Okay, so he, uh, which I didn't. Spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so he he was dead, but then Thor found him. Oh, gods sort of are never dead. Reincarnated as a young boy and brought him to Asgard, which is still floating above Oklahoma or whatever. So he, the, it, this story is sort of about him uh, living in Asgard, and everyone hates him because he's Loki, but he's just this kid mm-hmm. who doesn't know anything about his past life. He doesn't, you know, he didn't do any of that stuff, even though he is Loki's. Essence, I don't know, whatever he's supposed to be. Um, but it was really good, and, and it, it was about uh, sort of figuring out that Loki maybe planned all this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and like, I don't want to give, I don't really want to give it away. Well, but God of mischief. It's, it's a really interesting sort of, and it is a mystery. I mean, there is this mystery tale in this story of, of this kid, Loki, trying to figure out something that uh, it, it seems that the other Loki is trying to tell him from beyond the grave. And that's what this issue is about, and, and is really, really good. It's extremely well-written and entertaining. And uh, like I said, I went into it not knowing anything that was going on, and it's tied into, um, it's also tied into the latest issue of... Uh, or no, of um, Fear itself. The first issue of Fear itself. Yeah. Uh, so Which at the was, end of this issue, I was, I'm so anti-event at this point, but it was really good. Fear itself was very good. Fear itself, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. That uh, um, I thought uh, I was talking to somebody else about it. This. Taught it taught me to go into events with really low expectations and allow yourself to be blown away because well, I I really enjoyed it. I felt like to me. Um, when we've been talking about Matt Fraction since Five Fists of Science, yeah, and yeah. you know, you know, I loved um, uh, Casanova. Casanova was one of my favorite books when it came out. Rex Mantooth. Really looking, you know, I was really looking for great things from from Fraction going into Marvel, and honestly, I hadn't been all that terribly excited about his Marvel work. Uh, I thought that he was he was writing it felt like in a voice that he was trying to be someone else. And not necessarily just writing. And this fear itself, the first issue of fear itself, felt like I felt like yeah. he just was like, "I'm writing. I'm just going to write. I'm not going to try and do anything. I'm not going to try and you know." I think he had a lot of maybe had a lot of pressure on him going into Marvel and getting all of a sudden these big, you know, titles and all this stuff. But to me, this I thought was sort of him catching up to himself and catching up to his talent and going, "Okay." I felt that with Remender. Um, it t- it took. It took Rick a while to find his voice. Yeah, and and Fear itself was, I thought, excellent. I I really enjoyed that first issue, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I don't know if I'm going to read like every single thing that comes out from Fear itself, but that first issue was 
really good, and, and uh, I thought Fraction did an awesome job, and Stuart Eminem's awesome. Eminem, sure. Stuart. Kyle, I'm sure that you guys cover the crap out of all of the events over at, uh, at CBR. Do you, I mean, do you keep up with all of them, or are you, are you into I, I mean, I don't read all the times and stuff like that. You know, it, it really, I, I read, I buy a, a very low amount of comics, all things considered, you know. I mean, I, I'll buy stuff, if I have to do a specific interview that I know is coming up, I'll, then I'll be like, go and I'll you know, binge on, you know, Jeff John Green Lantern comics. Talked to Jeff Johns before WonderCon, read 12 issues of Green Lantern in one sitting, you know. Um, but, you know, yeah, we, we cover the events and stuff like that. Most of the time, uh, we try to not just do the same shit over and over again, where it's just like, okay, we're going to do an interview three months out, and then we're going to do an interview a month before or whatever. But it's, it's hard because people want to hear about this stuff, so i got to be up on it to a certain extent, you know. And we try to get as many, you know, pieces of actual information about what's coming up, not just like, oh, we're going to spoil all the stories for you, or, you know, oh, we're going to ask why this is going to change the Marvel Universe forever, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, I, you know, we try to talk about things, at least I do when I'm doing my own stuff, and I, you know, I do interviews with Brevoort every week or whatever, and I try to talk about, uh, you know, why they're releasing stories, not just in terms of the creative aspect of it, but also in terms of you know, how they're pitching these to retailers, how they're selling these to fans, whether or not it's fair. I always enjoy fair. your talk to the hats. They're yeah. always very, very educational. Thanks. I especially enjoyed the one this week. Oh, thank you, Tim. He I needs did. a bigger hat. I really do. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. But, uh, but no, yeah, but I always just try to talk about things that affect a lot of people because I know that some people that read the site are retailers and some people are fans and some people are like fans who re- have very specific opinions about the things that they read every sure. month and what people say. No. You know, so you got to take that, that responsibility a little bit seriously. So. so, yeah, so I mean, I feel like doing the job, I don't, I don't get to just read the books a lot of the time, you know? Like, I'm just going to yeah. get sure. my sack and I'm going to You're researching you know? for your job. I'm doing, yeah. you know, I'm always thinking about work when I'm thinking about stuff, but I do get to enjoy books every once in a while. A lot of times I feel like if I get really into a book, sometimes I don't want to do anything on it. Like, I don't want to interview yeah. the person or whatever because it's like, that makes oh, sense. That might ruin it, you know? But sure. Uh, yeah. But no, you know, like, we'll see. You know, Fear Itself and Flashpoint are coming up uh, this summer. But, you know, like, everything's so down right now. Sales are down. You know, people seem bummed out. I mean, like, we haven't talked about Sales all the Sales are down stuff. on the big books. Sales are down on the big books. The but they're fine on okay. the midlist. Yeah. You know, but, like, but you know, like, I mean, Dark Horse laid off some people this week. Uh, Tokyo Pop. This, this is yeah. all coming from that border stuff, though. That's, oh, that's, yeah. a, no. that's all yeah. that's coming from. Because those guys are both big. They're big, uh, you know, direct market. Or, I mean, not direct market. Uh, book market. Yeah, people. yeah, people. And that's, and that's and Tokyo Pop is also people, too. Yeah. yeah and Tokyo Pop's problem was a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, obviously. There's a lot of Angel and Buffy books being returned to Dark Horse. Right. Right from the from the borders and stuff. Yeah. That's a huge problem, you know, for, for companies that, that did so well on that stuff. It's such bullshit. But I, I, I heard some, and this is, you know, definitely not substantiated, didn't fact check, but I heard like Borders was into Kirkman for like over $2 million or something on Walking Dead trades. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked at all. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me. I mean, it, it hits me doing Hack Slash, and we have uh, maybe uh, 1% of what he has in in bookstores as far as books go. So it's, yeah. Crazy times. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, but like, I, I will see, like, most of the time when I talk about it is whether or not books like Fear Yourself and Flashpoint ever are going to do, because when Civil War hit a couple years ago and just opened up insane numbers and it was over 300,000 for the first issue and then all the times did really well, you know, I mean, like, that, that carries a lot of other shit with it, you know, and that carries a lot for, for retailers and, and how they make their money that year and how much they order of stuff from Image or Dark Horse or, you know, anybody else on down the line, down to, to Fantagraphics or Top Shelf or Picture Box or whoever, you know. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, that's what I'm watching most of. I, I enjoyed Fear Itself, the first issue. 
And, uh, you know, like, uh, I've read some of the Flash stuff leading up, and, you know, I like alternate reality stuff. John usually does a really nice job on these big stories. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Flashpoint, too. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds like an you interesting know. concept. So, but I'm, I, in some ways, I'm more interested at this point in, you know, do, do you know, have they positioned these in the, in the point where they sell enough that people are coming into comic book stores and buying a lot of shit? Is there a way that that's not going to happen because of the economy or whatever, you know? So, I, a lot of it is, I, I, well, I'm thinking about stop. that it's stuff. Time, as much it's as time to stop blaming the economy. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, it, just as a reader, like, I always look at when, when these things come out and they underperform or something, I haven't bought a crossover, like, the big crossover comics from DC and Marvel since, I don't know, 2000 or something, because they're not good. Like, and that's not the fault of the creators on it. The problem is, is that you, you have to coordinate all this stuff. And you have to coordinate these things in the midst of people's books when they're telling their own story. And you end up kind of just derailing a lot of stuff. You know, and it's just, I can see the marketing in it. So, I, you know... As a kid, even at like 13 or 14, I think I enjoyed Infinity Gauntlet, and then I picked up as a kid, like, oh my god, there's a sequel to it, Infinity War or whatever, and it was awful, <laughs> and all the crossovers were awful, and Infinity Crusade was awful. Well, I, So I stopped buying crossovers, and I, I, I picked up, I think... But uh, for a long time, you're right, long time, things would go... Not just like here's a miniseries and it's outside of the books and the monthly books or the monthly books, but even then when stuff would tie in, it would be like one issue or whatever. But now, like the way that these crossovers happen is that it changes the big status quo change and all the books have to course correct right, but it's to kind bullshit. of fit it. But you know, but it's like yeah. it's always just like it feels it, in some cases it feels like well they just don't know what the fuck they're doing with the character X Y Z, well, so they're just gonna have to keep relaunching yeah. it. You know, and, and the, what it causes the problem with this stuff and why I'm so anti it, which I don't and I don't usually buy it or to support it is that, okay, you, you condition your readers to only buy things that matter with quotes on it. Yeah. Because you t you're telling them, oh, everything else was shit. Oh, this is the thing that matters this in our universe. And, and so don't honestly, buy our other stuff. And that's what you're telling them over when you consistently do it. If you make it like... Every I mean, once in a while something special. Yeah, I mean, but Secret certainly Wars was it's awesome never. because it was rare sure. and, and, and it was something that came out that blew it At least, I mean, for, it, I don't know what before that, you know, if they did this kind of stuff. But, but, but basically, you know, you end up making... Everything else unimportant. All the other side books, anything else that. Well, I think that with. Marvel has done since, I mean, since sort of probably after Civil War, they've sort of, all the books have kept following along with that storyline. That universal storyline. Yeah, that universal storyline of like, okay, well, but that's actually we're going to go on. No, yeah, because then you're in for a penny, in for a pound. In a lot exactly. Of ways. And it makes, it, be, yeah. it burns people out. It's the same way. No, no, no I, I, don't I don't disagree. And, I, and I, hope that this, I hope that, I hope these big events don't do extremely well. And I know that's shitty to say, <laughs> but because I, because the, because the books have been doing poorly yeah. for the big two lately, I think it's more because of the digital factor than it is that we haven't had a big event. And I don't want all of a sudden them to sit there and very very easy corporate thinking of going, well, you know, if all of a sudden these books do gangbusters, then all we're yeah. going to see is more and more events. But and see, that's not Marvel's fault. It's the readers. Like, the readers, you need... The, the comic book readers need to stop going, oh, I only buy it if it's part of an event. It's only if it matters. You're fucking this up. Well, it's but your that's, fault. I mean, that's, but that's a whole <laughs> different issue, too, because the readers, those numbers aren't based on readers. Those numbers are based on comic shop yeah, on sales. Sure, or sure, buyers. sure. Orders, orders. And, and so, I mean, but they, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's you're a right. whole bigger, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's not just readers, it's, not, it, it, it's also the guys that are buying the comics. Uh, for shops. But it's what causes and that's a whole yeah. system problem because right. we have a distribution problem because you can only buy yeah. fucking comics and comic books. And it causes that inaccessibility, which is if yeah. you come off the street to buy no, something This to goes all you. back right, to right. all the bigger issues. And it's I all involved in some crossover. You're like, eh, fuck it, yeah. I'm done. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, there's not just a Spider Man story. It's always got to be, you know. But yeah, that's a whole big 
philosophical problem that yeah. I have with the current mar way it's distributed. But I do, I do kind of hope that they don't have like enormous numbers off of these. I mean, the thing is, even though I hope the events are good. Well, I'm sure I, Fractional I, do a great job. He's yeah, a great writer. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be good? But, but they're I, not good overall. They're good. They can be great stories, make a good trade. Situation, but they're bad. Be, yeah, they're, yeah. Bad they're bad for the, the overall health of of comic books in sales. It's just I, I don't think it's even an opinion at this point. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think it's just the way it is. But yeah, that's make a rant. Uh oh. I want to talk about a really cute book. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's from uh, Blank Slate, which is a, a UK publisher. It is called The Girl and the Gorilla. It is from, uh, um, see if I get the pronunciation right, uh, Madeline Flores. Uh, she, is, she is German, uh, but this is all in English. And this is probably a comic that reminds me the most of The Giving Tree. You, you guys all had The Giving Tree growing up, right? No idea that what that book. is. I didn't, have, I didn't have books when I was a kid. Did you? I, I played with a <laughs> Come on. In the yard. But I don't know what The Giving Tree is. Was that Just, like Shel Silverstein? He did the poems and stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're cute. Okay. So, so you're aware of the... the, the I remember The Sidewalk Ends. The, the same kind of thing, yeah. Uh, but it, it it's kind of that same you know life lesson, inspirational type book. Um, very. Like, uh, what was the seagull one? What was the? Uh, oh God, what was that that book? The the, the I know what you're what talking the about. The seagull. Uh, I can't remember. Jonathan Seagull. Uh, uh, that? Jonathan Livingston. Jonathan, Jonathan yeah, Livingston yeah, Seagull. Yeah. Okay. But, but <laughs> I was a fan. <laughs> Uh, but this is uh, about uh, a young woman named Orly, 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 that uh, she is a um, a, uh, a young aspiring writer, and she has just received her first uh, major rejection notice, Aww. and uh, and is really really down about it. And uh, write better. And she, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how she's feeling. Okay, I suck. Well, she she is uh, uh, kind of stumbles into a magic gateway to the land of creativity, which is this this huge town where where every Drugs. where everyone. Yes, it's it's a Timothy Leary book. Yes, Sal. Uh, it, it's basically a town that is that is lines. made up of all of the creative thought of of the world. Yeah, and, the ether. And so, you know, all of the houses are actually made out of like these huge books, and and the the first uh, the first uh, kind of thing that she meets, person thing, whatever Character. that she meets is is a is a huge gorilla, and she finds out that the gorilla's name is Neil, and Neil is the the patron animal of writers, and like every creative endeavor has. Has its own has its own animal, and this is explained to her by Leonardo da Vinci that uh, he followed a painting draft and a uh, uh, an in, uh, an inventing like marmot science ocelot something like that <laughs> yeah yeah basically but um, creativity is a place that always exists that 
that hyper creative people kind of can access. Tap into. Yeah, they can access it and go it's just there. Flowing through the energies, yeah. Yeah, and and it reminds me of I, I don't know if you ever read these books. The, the second one just came out, but it's um, Salman Rushdie, who you know, sure, super super famous novels has written a couple kids books. When he's not trying to get killed. When he's not yeah. trying to get killed. Not avoiding the uh, yeah <laughs> the muzzles. But uh, no, but he wrote one for his son. It's called Haroon in the Sea of Stories, and it's things. Oh yeah, I read Haroon in the Sea of Stories. Yeah, but he just did a second one for for his other kid, and it's it's another name and the whatever, but it's the sequel oh. to Haroon and the Sea of Stories. And he said he might cool do a book. third one. Yeah, that was a really cool book. But it's a similar idea, you know, that yeah. you cross over into this thing. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's basically just a very sweet, endearing story about this about this young woman finding her her creativity, getting over. You find out that the rejection letter was actually sent by a, a very mean person who. Of course it, it was. Well, because she couldn't he, have just sucked <laughs> and deserved you're to so be. Well, I'm better. just saying it's potentially she's no, just no, a she's bad writer. writer. She, she had great. She potential. could be a bad writer. She, she had great potential. They, they but, exist. But, but nobody the, nurtured it. Nobody, nobody <laughs> gave her any. Well, that's the problem. Is oh, well, we see, all feel so bad for ourselves that we we are do this. In, this in, thing in life, in the, or do in the, something. In know. the town of creativity, there is a very, very bad part of Everybody town. gets a damn trophy. <laughs> you are such an ass. I'm going to go home and watch <laughs> The Incredibles and say, fuck you. <laughs> in five years, you're going to be giving this book to your no, daughter. No, never. And say, honey, yes, no, you, can, no, 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 you no. can do great. That's absolutely... No, no, no. Philosophically, no, that but, book but, speaks... But Volumes against no, everything no, I believe. You haven't read it yet. I don't need to. I've I've heard enough from your she, mouth. She has to pick herself <laughs> up off the ground and write her write herself out of the problems but that she, she needs has. A magic gorilla to tell her that? No, <laughs> she has to save she needs the a father figure. She has is what to, she needs. She, Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci is her father figure <laughs> to give her a little tough love. And she, and she 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 actually has to save Neil the gorilla. By by picking she herself to save, up, save creativity. She, she has to make an app for yes. that. By writing, that he, yes. he can yes. sell his gorilla yes. memoirs. She, on. she saves creativity by writing. It's a very very cute book that, that Sal will one day give to his daughter. No, I won't. That'll never happen. Sal be handing Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't uh, Atlas Shrugged? Just uh, yeah, the just, movie. The movie just came out, which I'm I'm excited about uh, about going. But but anyway, the girl and the gorilla. It's uh, it's from Blank Slate Press and uh, retails for uh, ten ninety nine. Very very cute little book. It, nice. it, it, Sal's gonna like light it on fire in a just minute. Write better. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> God, how about you? Uh, something I've been reading lately? Yeah. Oh, man. I've been reading... I'm in school now, so I've been reading, like, a lot of kids' books and not as many comics, but I'm trying to think of it. I mean, like I said, the stuff I... You should read, read The Girl and the Gorilla. No. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I will someday oh when I'm... Oh, God. Boo-hoo. Has the day I read Butcher, Baker... No, I saw, the, I saw it out there. I haven't, I haven't checked oh, it out. I've heard the first one. It's friggin' awesome, wasn't it? It's really, it's really enjoyable. I love the art. I love the story. Uh, my favorite thing is Joe's rants at the back. Yeah, is that insane? <laughs> They're awesome. Because <laughs> I'm down with the Joe. Like, I definitely believe mm. what he thinks. Uh, I just, the way he puts it is so much better than I could ever say it. Mm-hmm. And the rants in the back are fucking incredible. Yeah, hey, but, really hey, but, but how about, uh, you know, tip of the cap to uh, fellow Chicagoan Mike Huddleston. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Good yeah, look, look great. It's, yeah. it's, Mike, I've always liked Mike's work, but this is, this is... It's raising the bar. It, it's he, on another yeah, level. Yeah, he has yeah. leveled up on this one. Yeah. It, Crazy it's weird. The thing though. is, like, when you read the book, that's like, oh, it's pretty much, it's, it's, right on the surface, it's about a sort of patriotic superhero that's a little bit older, uh, blowing up prison and being chased by supervillains. So it's not like not like you're like, whoa, crazy plot. But the the if authenticity and the subtext mm. is really really cool. It's just really yeah. It's, it's 
pure fucking Joe Casey, man. It's it's awesome. Well, and that is, you know that the initial rant in the back by him is, is sort of like why he did this book of just like he felt like he was becoming cre- creatively stagnant. Yeah. And and kept thinking about like what do people want instead of just going. And he's, he, Fuck he, this! I'm just going to do whatever he I want. He treats comics like and he gets comics on a level like he I took love a the shit he out of took comics. a trip to creativity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like when you read, Joe, he followed his gorilla. When, he, when you read, like, read him write about <laughs> comics, like he writes about comics like most people probably would would think about like the best sex they ever had or some kind of drug or something. Like he gets it. He his passion for it is greater than anything I have. I don't have passion for anything like Joe has passion for old uh, musty Iron Man comics. So, like, when you read his, his thing talking about it, it's just like, oh, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make some shit. It is inspiring. Yeah, it's totally yeah, it's inspiring. very inspiring. Yeah. His, his, his... Maybe he's your gorilla, Sal. He may be Joe Casey's <laughs> my gorilla. Well, it's funny, though. You know, like, you know, I'll make you a t-shirt that like, says that Joe Casey is my gorilla. <laughs> Joe Casey is my magic gorilla. That is awesome. I would wear that shirt, absolutely. I, I would take Joe Casey over a magic gorilla any day. I, <laughs> I, I, I would Joe would Joe love Casey. that shirt. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny, though, because, like, he goes, he sort of talks about, like, how he felt, you know, like, he wasn't doing what he should be doing in comics, but then you. But then, like, I look at everything that he has done in comics and just go, "It's pretty well, you're damn way, good." Way yeah. out there compared to anyone, you know, just about yeah. anybody else. You're way out on a limb, and and so for him to sit there and think, "I'm not doing enough crazy stuff in comics," that's uh, you know, it's like I just well, he geez. just has to. I think it's really not even just it's just that it's like you know he works his day job is basically you know or at least it was is like Ben Ten stuff and animation right, right. and shit. So. So, like, for him, you know, to do something in comics, like, to just exercise the crazy, you know, stuff in his head that's, like, all these superhero fights and weird subtext and Legion of Superheroes fandom just throwing out on there. <laughs> like, that's awesome. That's, I, I I'm so happy for those guys that Ben 10 has been the success that it, that yeah. it has been. I'm sure Joe wouldn't really have to write I, Butcher Baker, and that's would, awesome that he's just sitting down and fucking making it. I think Ben 10 is why he can write Butcher Baker. Yeah, and, so, and I like I don't like all those guys. I mean, I like uh, Joe Kelly stuff. I Kill Giants was great, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. he's still got issues coming out of Ma- uh, is that, I want to say Mad Dog. I mean, Bad Dog. Bad, Bad Dog. Dog. Thank you. Which was also really which good. is also a really cool book. Yeah, and I mean, all those guys, Duncan Malou and uh, Steve Siegel. I mean, is that the the Men of Action? Yeah, the Men of Action yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. I like I like I like Never that they all. Right. Yeah, they always yeah. do, do good what they want. Very talented yeah. guys. Yeah, they're all LA based, right? Yeah, probably. No, no. I think Joe Kelly is in New York actually. Oh, okay. I'd stalk him. <laughs> no, it's whenever you say, I follow him on Twitter. I don't even know if he's on Twitter. So. No, I, I mean, is What's that? sort of that weird thing of like uh, guys that just kind of do. I mean, well, you know, like what you're doing with 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 the double uh, feature stuff of just doing stories you want to tell and not, you know, yeah. and not having to try and follow any guy, you know, kind of guy or, just, or any kind of. I mean, I think there's just that sort of weird thing, and we just talked about with the. Whoop. With the sort of the crossover stuff and that sort of the way that the readers are conditioned to believe it only counts if it matters, it's like those things aren't in any way sort of satisfying for the people generally working on them. You know, like there's it's it's become like we're just you, not in all cases, but you feel like you're sort of just reporting from this other universe the latest news. You're not really creating or writing, you know, and and, and that I think you, you see a lot of this stuff is sort of reactionary against that stuff, where it's just like we we just want to make comics. We don't want to be your only delivery source for the only thing you care about, which is the universe aspects of this stuff, you know? Well, I know like, for me, like, I'm always sort of on the lookout for the, that same... It's like, it's like you know, 
it's like a drug addict always looking for that first high. Like I remember, like Howard Chank and American Flag. Yeah, like that busting my brain yes, when I read yeah. it, and I'm, that's what I'm always looking for again. Like, yeah. where is the next comic that's just like gonna just completely screw up my world in what I think a comic book is or a comic book story is, and and so much. Yeah. Of it, and, and while there's, I think a ton of really good comic book work being put out today. Probably some of the best ever. Yeah, yeah, ever. I, I, agree. I, I yeah. absolutely in in the sense of the craftsmanship of it. Yeah. I don't know how many guys are out there doing stuff like really pushing the edge of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's, and it's it, because there's no, there's generally no reward for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it because you do something fucking crazy and you sell 1,200 copies yeah. and you gotta, you gotta scrap it the next month. I mean, yeah. that's that's why. You know. And it's a shame. But it hopefully, shame. digitally, with digital, you know, with yeah. the digital way that where the, where the, the the upfront investment is yeah. not as, as bad. Yeah. yeah. It's the investment to the entry dam. is what what the term. Investment to entry. You just gotta yeah. have writers that can draw, because that's what it comes down. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like that's the you gotta be able to draw well, no, your I mean, own you just, book. You, just, you, you know, because it's like how hard is it to get convince some, you know, a, a talented artist to draw something that you believe in? Yeah. You know, like that's you know. But it's just that there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of factors going to, and I totally agree with that. And it's not necessarily even just that. It's we need more books that have the same team on them for a while, because yeah. nobody, nobody's sort of. There's no connecting. Yeah, You're not connected I mean, to it at all. You You're look not, at like the books and image that that sort of stick around or like gain readers. You know, it's Walking Dead, Invincible, and, and even do a degree high slash where it's like it's because the same fucking people all the time. Like Dragon. it's not yeah. it's dragons. Like the, you don't, you when you, you every time you switch teams or whatever, you actually made a drop, dropping off point for people. Or, or or like if I read one issue by one creative team and the next issues are filling because the guy fucked up, and I, you just lost me as far as that sort of driving. Like character direct, character develop in direct one direction, which is what you you cannot do anymore. In in you know. Well, that's what I mean. So, uh, you know, like I'm really not looking forward to Guy Davis leaving BPRD because for the last three or four years, that's been mm-hmm. probably my favorite. The guy right. coming on looks pretty damn good. Though. Well, I know, but it's it like it's like but you are you are like, rebuilding to <clears throat> another point, and mm-hmm. you know BPRD just finished one of its biggest epic storylines of the past five years. You no, know, no, we're I, into the next phase, but, whatever, it, but it is easier for people to, to maybe kind of to, to kind of cash out because and, and he should be able to do whatever he wants if he wants to do. The oh, marquee, absolutely. You know, but yeah, but it, it, it is that's a challenge that they have to to say. Guy Davis has been doing this so long, and you know him for doing this, and you love him for doing this. But now you got to take a chance on somebody else. What's so funny the, is the that when, is, whenever Guy Davis first came on to BPRD, people were like, "Oh, Guy Davis! I can't imagine him doing this book." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but they've done such amazing. And him and Arcudi yeah. really work well off each other. That's the sure. other thing. But you work thing, with somebody for so long, you guys get better at the things that you did well already. The yeah. thing, and and I, I, mean, here's I wish proof. more. I wish more books would go, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. to the format of. Of BPRD, where it's like, okay, we're going to put out six issues this year yeah. of it, or five issues this year, and tell a story in those five issues that also continues on a bigger scope. Sure. Instead of having those problems of going, well, shit, we can't put out a book this month, or we got to get a fill in artist this month because we got to right. put out a book every single month. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, got to fill I mean, slots. I don't know, yeah. But even slots. if that's the case, then just put people on could fucking do a book a month. I mean, let's, I don't right. know, I, that's a whole rant I could go on. Just the, <laughs> but like, look at that Mighty Thor omnibus. That's fucking Walt Simonson doing the whole shit. 1,300 issues. Here's why you have pages. an omnibus of that. Do you think you're going to have yeah. omnibus of books that like, oh, the first issue drawn by this guy, but he fucked up the second one. And so he's only did half. Right. And then this other guy came in. It's like, no, those books have no cohesiveness. They have nothing. Oh, right. and even, sometimes even, I'll say this: it's hard, you know, for people in editorial. You know, I mean, I talk to a lot of these guys a lot oh, of times, sure. and a lot of times 
you know, it, it's, 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 in some ways, it's publishers, like, building a line in a property that can commit to that kind of work. And then on the other half of it is that guys got to fucking get their shit done and be, be like, I'm going to No, it's the freelancers. You the shouldn't freelancers, hire those yeah. guys. Yeah, you should yeah, you know, the, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> right. When the beast has to be fed, and that's why it's hard, easier to do stuff like that. I mean, obviously, we all know this. It's easier to do that when you own it yourself or your yeah. image yeah. or a star. Well, that, I mean, that, that, that was the whole, sure, that was the whole cross-gen thing is put them back in a bullpen and, and right, that way right. that but won't once again, happen. nobody's yeah. making Marvel or DC publish 80, 90, or 100 books a month. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They're just, they're doing that because Shelf they space. Want. Well, they yeah. want to they keep as, you know, as much shelf space. Just like we were saying uh, about how they, they release more giant absolute editions or whatever. If they release ninety books in a month, you know maybe they're selling to less people, but they're making the same amount of money. You know, I mean, it's just basic economics. Yeah, sure, exactly. Absolutely. How about you, Mister uh, Mister Seeley? Have you well, been actually, reading I, anything? Yeah, I thought you brought out the Jimmy Olsen um, by Nick Spencer. Ah. That, that that was that was a lesson that Sal had to teach me. <laughs> He's been bad mouthing Nick Spencer. Not bad mouthing, but he's been like, why is everybody on, on Nick Spencer's jock? Why is everybody loving this guy so much? He hasn't done anything. And, well, I, and like, it's, it's, it's all because that, of the Bendis connection. That, no, that's why that. I did, the is there a Bendis connection? Isn't he. A, isn't he uh, no, that was Brian Reed, wasn't it? No, I think Spencer's a Bendis board guy. Oh, that's where he, he came okay. from, isn't it? And, and, and to make oh, well, it, I mean, not where he came from, but I think cool, he was a okay. Bendis Nick Spencer, to me, is like a really good like seven hitter in your lineup. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice talk. Why are you giving so much shit to Nick Spencer? No, you haven't no. even read it. No, I'm saying, I'm saying he's like a really, he's like an Alex Rios. He's a really good seven hitter in your lineup. He's a guy that you like. Yep, does well, but he's not a number three hitter. That's what I. That, that was my. And everyone's treating him like a number three hitter. It's not that well. I don't dislike him. It's that I just don't get the love. But the Jimmy Olsen one shot was fucking awesome. It, yeah, and I, 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 think, I loved it. I loved it. I, I like Nick's stuff before this. Um, I, I, I. I think there, that at a certain point there was more hype on the guy, and might have what you might have felt was like the there's a lot of hype, but he doesn't have a shitload yeah. of books out. But they're all been good, just not a shitload of books out. But I think what the Jimmy Olsen one does is sort of go. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. It's greatly drawn. It's it's a nice, tight little story. It actually, hopefully, and I don't know if it did this because I don't know what it sold, but I hope it tells DC this is what you should be doing instead of doing like Teen Titans snuff porn all the time. Like this is. A, <laughs> This is like a really good, solid, funny, intelligent, uh, mm -hmm. just like adventure filled, well, well, full of ideas. This is, this is like the collected backups because yeah. once, once they went to the two ninety nine price right, they point, stopped doing they it. stopped the backups. So this yeah. is like all of the the rest of the backups. That yeah, they it's had. like a it's a blast of a book. It's full of ideas. Oh, it's, yeah. it's it's a dude. They turned the they turned the flying newsroom into a spaceship. Yeah, it's hilarious. Awesome. But I mean, I th this is the kind of thing that I could give a kid like. You know, and mm -hmm. the biggest problem I've had. It's in the a love past story. Is, it's a love yeah, story. It's a, and it's it's a superhero story. Kids it's a science can't afford fiction. comic books, Tim. That's <laughs> what, why would you want to sell comic books to kids? They can't right. afford. Well, to then buy DC them. should put this up on their <laughs> website for ninety nine cents. And like, <laughs> there you but, go. You know, it's so they're DSs. You know, when are we gonna put? put the, there you go. But this it's, it's a self contained story. It gives you immediately what Superman means to Metropolis, what Superman means to the wider context of his world. It gives you all the color of that world without yeah. tying into all this shit. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it does. It's self-contained. Um, they, the, they, did, they didn't have to explain that Superman was off walking across America. No, didn't have to. You just know he wasn't there. Yep. And you, you, you understand why Jimmy Olsen, he's the entry-level character. He's you. He's you in this crazy situation. You come to his, the town full of superheroes. And he's kind of just like this goofball kid who just happens to be friends with Superman. It does everything a great DC comic but did. But dating Chloe, who's kind of hot. Yeah. yeah. But she breaks <laughs> up with him. 
But it's yeah, just like it's yeah, and it, and like early, and yeah. it's all the entire story is really about him trying to win Chloe back, right? And which gets him into all of these crazy adventures, which is a great. Which, is what which that's, Jim, that's Jimmy. That's Jimmy. things to. Yeah. Uh, but I have girls. a feeling that like when this came out, like DC didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that they. Well, I don't. I don't. Know. I, don't know. I can't speak for the DC corporate mind. I know that. Um, no, I find I'm going to fuck up his name here. Is it Will Conrad? Is that I think he's the editor on that. No, it's uh, Will Moss. Sorry. I don't know where Will Conrad used to be. Else. Will Moss is the editor, and he works with Matt Idelson. I know Matt Idelson's a really good editor, and Will has put together, besides doing this, this with uh, Nick Spencer, he also did the Thunder, uh, Thunder Agents oh, yeah, relaunch, yeah. which is also really good. Mm-hmm. And he's now, recently, he's done a lot of Superman Batman issues. Colin Bunn is doing a four-part sure. issue. Superman All good Batman. Stuff. You know, so I mean, like, sometimes, you know, I mean, there are lots of different editors at different companies, and some guys really put it together, but, you know, so I think you, you do notice sometimes when there are people putting together some of these books, maybe it's not, well, the company needs to do this or whatever, but it, sometimes it is here's a person we found has good taste and I'll look for that name mm-hmm. you know? I'll look for the name on editorial and say That's a good at thought. Marvel you know, I'll, I'll, you know, he's a buddy of mine but Alejandro Arbona who does Invincible Iron Man and who was working on Iron Fist for a mm-hmm. long time and, and he's done a lot of books like when I see Alejandro's name on a book I pick it up because I know that he knows how to put people I'm, together. I'm always sort of turn, like mm-hmm. interested in you know we we all talk about well they you know like DC should be doing this or Marvel should be doing this or Marvel did this wrong or they, and it's like well who are we talking about? You know, them, because, them. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's like, who? Like, is there like but, corporate mandate coming down but, saying, I mean, well, I, we can't do Jimmy Olsen books? Well, I think it's just, I mean, it's not even a person. It's just a general philosophy sort of created by the most cynical sort of place we've been with superhero comics because it's all bought by 40-year-old men. That, that's the, I don't know who. There is a weird culture to comics, and there's a weird corporate culture at both Marvel and DC. There are certain things that I don't think you can always say, well, Joe Quesada fucked this up, or Dandy right. Dio did this, and it's whatever. But there are ways those companies work, and that I think are just kind of assumed, this works for us, doing this kind of event works for, you know? Yeah, you know, well, I think it's like any other company. I think people just, yeah. I mean, for one, I think, I doubt most people at Marvel or DC in any position, as far as the comic book, you know, getting comic books published don't love comics on some level oh, yeah. you know what I mean like they wouldn't mm-hmm. be there I don't think I, there's not enough sure. money in it to you know no, yeah yeah for but, sure and everybody for, I've for, ever worked with at Marvel and DC are all really, so it's like this they're weird, great people they're like excited this, about it and, yeah. and, and at the same time there's not like some evil dictator sitting up no. on the on, you know they just do what they're it's just like well, how do they how, yeah but it, I, and I think it's just like this weird it's like any corporation sort of like people kind of get complacent and Look for the easiest, you know, the path of, of least resistance, resistance yeah. and that. Absolutely. So it's like, how do we, how do we just go in and make combat? How do you combat against make, that? You got to make the donuts, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, exactly. And why I can and easily say, like, when I mean, when when I was a kid, and what appealed to me about DC stuff, I don't think is there for the kids today that might go pick up a DC comic. I don't think it's not all their comics, but in general, you're not seeing that as much. I mean, I think you see it certainly like and the sort of huge and colorful adventure sort of stuff that they put in the Green Lantern stuff and that sort of stuff. But in general, like, you don't see, you don't see a Jimmy Olsen comic like this very often. And that's right. sort of surprising because that's what their bread and butter was for 50 years. Oh, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying this is what I feel like they don't do anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, this comic in particular was just a big love letter to Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. The, the comic that sold yeah, like absolutely. gazillions of but issues. I mean, yeah, I, Nick has said I, I he absolutely. loves that old book. That was his favorite book when he was like eleven. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. And I, I think, but I think it's hard to pinpoint who's to blame for that. And how does that? How does that get changed? Oh, yeah. Because you I think, think you can't. Because it's like, well, because readers don't buy it. Well, then why? Well, you know, I mean, that's but, the, but at the same level, then you can go the other way and go, well, okay, who's pitching this stuff? The sure. You know, or who, like, who, who doesn't? You don't make it, so we don't know if it's. Do you pitch something that you think is going to get picked up? 
yeah. by Marvel or DC, or do you pitch something that you just are in love with? And you, you know what I mean? Both. <laughs> well, I mean, as I've done, yeah. I've done this game. You know, you know what I mean? Of, yeah. yeah. So I think there's 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 so many factors that go into like the the complacency of it. Yeah. And that's really the. But I mean, you can see like, and I'm sure it's just sort of like a general. But you can see when things are like, oh, we went too far, and like certainly there have been books that, whatever the sort of overall DC thing is, which was like respect for these sort of classic um, iconic heroes is sort of the philosophy that holds through, and and very, you know has been disrupted certainly by some stuff where you're like, whoa, like Rise of Arsenal clearly is the absolute epitome, <laughs> or the fall of Arsenal, right? What is that, it? How did that ever? Get I don't there? know. But I mean, I'm not. I, it, you know. It's it's the one where I was like, man, J T. Kroll was on such a roll. But uh, who knows, like how that ended up? Whatever that it might not be his fault at all. I don't know. Right. But right. whatever it is you can you can tell when you read Jimmy Olsen that that is a completely different philosophical drive than the fall of or whatever is it because that's what it's called it was, yeah, Fall of Arsenal was, Fall of Ar- okay it's completely different um, Disar- sort of, disarming Arsenal right yeah <laughs> but I mean like this is Sorry. like about your characters about um, sort of the fun and, and, and the hope and, and uh, you know sort of wonder that goes with superheroes that's what it's about and that's what yeah. I think initially drew, that drove DC Comics for 40 or 50 years that's, that's what they I mean for you know then they do something it like that it was the guile and determination of Mort Weisinger that drove deep knowledge well, but then you turn around, and you sort of see something like it's like, oh, and here he's going to beat people with a dead cat because he's strung it on drugs. Well, what what are you doing? What what are what you doing? What is the point of that? What are you trying to accomplish you, with that? You become about shock, yeah. and then you're becoming a like. Let's see. We how have much... to tear him down before we build him up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. But I mean, it's like we have to shock people because no, everyone is so jaded and lacking any sort of like wonder in their life. All they can enjoy is shock. And, all and I think that goes back to too much. There's too many comics coming out. Like you know what I mean from from be. publisher from Marvel and DC. There's too much of it. So I think that that leads to that same sort of like, well, nothing gets through. It's just such a barrage of events and com- yeah. you know, and like th- this character's in 17 books, and you know, I get more friggin' Spider-Man and Wolverine and now Thor than but I could ever ever. Possibly, people I don't, are buying well, it. That's, if they're I, sick of yeah. it. Why are they buying it? It's like, well, I, don't I mean, get are it. they though? But, I don't but know that, they that, are buying it. But that's I mean, the thing. Sales we're, are way we're, down. Where you, you, and at some point, you have to stop worrying about that and go, okay, I'm either going to be an educated consumer, or I'm going to be, you know, I'm only going to do it for my entertainment value, or you know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster who, or a writer, or whoever that wants to report on it. And you just get to the point. It's like, you know what? I'm going to try and find things to read that I enjoy. And it's like, I, you know, whenever I look through previews or whatever, and I see something that looks different that I might want to try, I order it. And then I come on the show and I talk about the girl and the gorilla, and then Sal gives me shit about it. Well, yeah, but the, but that's I mean that's easy to I mean that, that might be easier said than done though. I mean, well, for, how many, I, for I, how many years? Yeah. Uh, how many years did you not do that? Oh, as a tons, tons. Until until how what changed? You're uh, you're you know hanging out with a talking lot of to other you people and, yeah, and, for, and and for the last and five years Mike doing and doing a podcast, but yeah. not everybody. I mean, I think a lot you're like. All of a sudden, we're putting a lot of blame on people because of what they're buying. Well, you know, I think but it's like, well, what do you know? Like, I have to do that because yeah, I work sure. in it. And I have to do that. Well, I, I think it, <laughs> I think it goes back to the '90s. What happened in the '90s is that is that when people became unhappy with what they were reading, 
rather than search out different things to read, they just stopped reading. No, and, and, sure. And, and, yes. and I think that's the thing is that's that, is that you, you need to, if, if you don't like what you're reading, don't stop reading because there's so much good stuff out there. Just look for something else. To, you know what the that's the, the truth. The yeah, that's, that's, that's people that are into. I mean, yeah, that's, you know? that's part of the thing. But, you know, yeah. it's like no matter you know, like whatever. I do the, the news thing all day on CBR, and I take pretty seriously these days more and more. I think about the fact that I'm supposed to be objective, you know, and I'm not trying to promote stuff. I'm just trying to get information out there. But to a certain extent, comics are so small, and if you're in any position within comics where you're doing something on the web or you're doing a podcast or you're doing a blog or whatever, you know, there's a bit of advocacy with it, you know. If you think something is something you think is good for the market or good for the community, you know, like you're you're gonna take your opportunity to promote that to certain to some extent sure. you know, or get that in front of eyeballs you know and i think that's the best thing you do you know and i do i i, I agree with tim sometimes i'm like you know sometimes you meet somebody and be like oh yeah you know like not that no, what a shit on these people be like oh, like oh i've been reading x-men for so long and it's like i've hated it for the past five years yeah but i've got every issue since right. yeah. 96 so can't <laughs> yeah. break up that run bro and you just want to fucking strangle, strangle. Them, you know <laughs> and that's the thing is like we need people to stop that's this yeah. is what doesn't really happen with, with our medium <laughs> which it doesn't really happen with our medium is that people expect the characters to change with them instead of moving on to other things in the medium yeah. mm -hmm. and that's what causes them to have to do crossovers and you know sort of make stuff inaccessible it's just like a whole whatever weird thing but it's like I know there's great stuff in here I know it can still happen because I read Jimmy Olsen it was fucking blast yeah. so I know it's possible and I know it's not all like jaded and sort of to the expectations of, of people who don't want to move on uh, or try new things or why aren't they buying Butcher Baker if they want fucked up weird shit why don't they expect Spider-Man to Fist rate people. I don't well, know. You know, I think, I, 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 mean, I, I think a big part of it is is price. I mean, it's hard to take a chance on something you don't know what it is when it's three, four bucks. A, you know, yeah, but I, if it's I know some people, people, people you know, say yeah. sometimes they say, "Well, I don't know if I want to start reading that because what if it gets canceled in three issues? Well, then you have three good issues of a comic. Yeah. You know, like so, there are certain things that you come yeah, in and you're well, yeah, but you're you know, talking you're talking about going against the grain of of decades worth of genetic. Programming so that you are a collector of comic books. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the, yeah. the, the that, industry that's, that's, spent so long creating collectors. That now you want them. To, now you want these people that for thirty years have been, you know, roped into that to suddenly that's stop and point. wake up and. Well, go, that's why oh. you're looking for a new audience. Too, that's you know? why we're yeah, looking for a new yeah. audience. Yeah. And I, yeah. Now you want them to collect those digital issues. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't want them to collect it at all. I want them to read it. I want them to read it and enjoy it. And uh, you know, I mean, maybe and that comes from God. I've never been a collector. I. I yeah. I don't. I don't have that in me. I'm not yeah. a. I mean, really my brother. He, really, he. Yeah, man? my brother talked me into that. <laughs> like, I love the stuff. You, you learned really quick. I did. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how many? How many eBay auctions have we? Uh, have we won for Masters of the Universe None. toys? None. 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 That's all your brother, huh? Yeah. I mean, I go shopping with him. <laughs> but I mean, I really like. I've never been a collector. I've always been a reader. Like, so I. He definitely... plays with his toys. Okay. Yeah. It is not just. Well, them I, I in collect a box. them because I needed a hobby. That's that's what. It comes. <laughs> do, My do, only do, hobby do, is do, comics. Do you keep them in the original packaging? <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> You're a collector. Don't. No. Don't. I just, smell bullshit. Hey, remember at the beginning of the episode we were talking about everybody has their geeky thing, whether you're a pilot or a sports. No, fan. but but I think the You're difference being is a, a collector. Like it's not in me naturally. Like I needed a hobby, so this worked. It works for me. It's fun. But I don't have it in me. Like my brother is a collector. 
Like, if he gets something and he sees that there's others in the set, it fucking drives him crazy. <laughs> he has yeah. to be like, oh, yeah. well, I gotta have all that. I'm not that guy. I've never been right, that guy. Right. That is, that's why I may not understand that mentality. No, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I read a comic, I don't give a shit if it ends in three issues. It was fucking three issues, I had a good time, and then I read it on the shitter and it was great. Whatever. Well, I, I don't and care. I, and I've said that, you know, Chris, I, we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, there'll be some comic that'll come out from Marvel DC and, and it'll be a, a smaller name book. And, you know, mm-hmm. Agents of Atlas was a book that I love. Sure. It's great and book. it got, it got canceled and everybody, you know, goes up, gets up. Oh, why, why, why? And it's like, well, Hey, you know what? Maybe it just didn't have more than 12 issues in it. Maybe it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. not an idea that has that. Sure. You know, not everything is meant to last for 30 yeah. years. You, oh, you, I, I don't know I that Spider-Man and fantastic four, Honestly, I don't think Fantastic Four has been. It should be around. Should have been around for the last forty years or you, so. You, you, know? you kind of taught me that concept with uh, with Fear Agent, and I was like, oh, I'm so bummed because Fear Agent's going to wrap up at issue thirty two or thirty three or whatever it is. You know, it's like you know what? Maybe Fear Agent is just a really good thirty issue series. Yeah, and that's, that's what maybe it's all got it is, and that's all it has. And part of what Tim was talking about too, though, even even within the mainstream books, you know, when I was a kid, what were the books that I really loved? You know, Starman. It was like an eighty issue run, but it was like one idea, one vision, and one yeah. person, and then that story ended. And you know, uh, for years, one of my favorite guys to read was, was Peter David, and, and Peter, you know, I'd read Aquaman by Peter David or Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and he'd have these big, huge novelistic approaches to things that would go sixty or so issues, and then the book would get canceled or whatever. You know, I mean, like, but you don't see that happen as much these days. Yeah. Nobody works on a book. Well, for more than that yeah. weird eight thing. issues, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I would want Preacher to be on like issue two hundred and forty right now. But that's you know? the shit you can't expect for Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Is those are always the same status? Why? Because well, of they're the properties. Stuff, they're, they're properties, and they're universal. They're the yeah. kind of shit that shouldn't change. Honestly, the, when you're a twelve-year-old, when we were kid, when we were twelve, and a twelve-year-old today should both be able to walk in and enjoy Fantastic Four. It shouldn't change. It should be. Fantastic Four. Well, that's yeah, what and that goes to the problem of we're you know trying to write it for the same people to be right. exactly trying to write it to for it should never have changed. But Starman, years, that's a that's a story. That's one story. Yeah, you know, or and and it's invested and it's the same guy think, guiding think, the whole thing. Even it's possible know. for somebody to step into some of those properties that should never change and do one. I mean, you know, Ben Maybe Simmons on yeah. Daredevil, you know, and they you know they they do that and that runs for fifty issues and then somebody else comes and then they restart the status quo, you know. But what when you're playing a game of constantly trying to one up whatever the last thing was rather than let somebody come and do one very good take on what this thing then is supposed to be? Then you end up with the rise of art. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just figured it out. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> That's it. Go. So you got to, yeah, people just have to have a little bit more, you know, sense of what it, what it has to be. And people have to stop expecting it to change for them. That's it. That's, that's yeah, it. We won. Point, it's just, that's we won. It. That's enough. We just we sold won. comics, everybody. You've gotten yeah. enough of that story and, and, and you're done. And, it, yeah. You've done. But there might be a kid who'd come in and be like, I would love to read a story about a guy with a bow and would not like to see him beat a crime guy with a dead cat. So maybe, Well, you yeah, know. but here's the thing. Like, if it's that good, if it's that universal, it doesn't necessarily have to, I mean, okay, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, that same story can be. Re- it was yeah. written, you know. It's reinterpretable too. Well, it is, yeah. but I just it like doesn't the, get it. Doesn't yeah. necessarily. It hasn't necessarily gotten any better with the reinterpretations. It doesn't. I mean, no. It, you know, a classic book doesn't have to be rewritten for today's. You know, yeah, that's it, true too. Catcher in the Rye for you know, however many years it's been out is is, is yeah it works as still, well. Today. Yes, works as well today as it did then. So does Spider Man have to be? Constantly revisited over, you know, for today's use. Be, for the, I think it has to continue because obviously, like, you ever tried to get, I mean, I've had the same problem when I was a kid. 
you, you'd get, like, pick up a Ditko book, and everybody would be wearing some, I mean, I'm like 11 years old. But they'd be wearing shit, like Steve Ditko didn't update the way people dressed in 1987 to make them look like they dressed in 1987. They still wore 60s shit. Shakespeare's yeah. still written the way it's written. But I'm saying, you, you didn't appreciate that at 11. So no, no, be, no, yeah, it would have been hard. For, it would have been huh. more difficult for yeah. me to pick that book up because I'd be like, "What the hell? They all dress like the monkeys." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just like, like as some of this stuff like, goes along, you know, they keep making Spider-Man comics. Spider-Man comics keep coming out, and every people trying to constantly trying to reinvent it. But how many people who've gone back and read the first twenty? You know, how long did Deco do it for? Twenty-three issues or something like that? Yeah. Was that when he left? You know, yeah, I mean, like, how many people have gone through and read that initial chunk over and yeah. over again over the years? And how many times has that been reprinted versus whatever? You know, I mean, I think that the the material that is quality and no, it is you a classic generally have your itself, chunk of whatever we'll when you're. 10 to 15 yeah. years old, that's your quintessential, well, here you go. Here's my quintessential Thor, yeah. this giant tome that Simonson did. Nothing that has come before it or after it will ever change that that is my Thor. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what I, but what that's I think fine. of. And then, but ev- you, and then, that's and then right. eventually those characters, they put them in armor and you stop reading them. Well, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying though is that maybe you're right is that everybody needs to have that opportunity to have their quintessential. Exactly. Everybody needs to have a yeah. quintessential thing and you can't expect it to change for you because you read... Although I'll yell at my yeah. kids if they ever read any other Thor. <laughs> <laughs> that was some wrong. stupid book about a girl and a girl. Kirby's old and dead. Don't read that. <laughs> but I mean, read I, as an older fan, I can go back and look at the stuff that wouldn't have appealed to me as a kid walking in <clears> and sure. totally appreciate it. I didn't like totally Kirby fun. when I was a kid. Sure. I didn't like it at but all. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby was for older, older fans. Kirby sucked. I but but yeah. just try, like, what know. is this? This is yeah. terrible. Then, Ooh, old old where's comics. Rob Liefeld? Where's Walt Simonson? Where's Walt Simonson? We can't John expect Byrne. for people to... I mean, to, the, those characters don't have in them one person directing it over time. That's just not... Right. They are lunchboxes. They're whatever. But they're for everyone. And then we've got to have stuff that's for... The creator and for the, the individuals that Butcher Baker. Yeah, exactly. Butcher yep. Baker. The right yeah, we solved comics, guys. <coughs> there you go. Again, I think we, we did this the last time you were on, <laughs> yeah. Tim. Didn't we? We got really deep know. about something. I don't know. I just talked Saving comics. Hey, that's what we like. That's because it's all I ever think movies. about, so I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Norton's napping. He's having a little Are you wearing Crocs? Little, Is he wearing Crocs? He, he does wear Crocs now, yeah. <laughs> uh, a guy, Josh Emmons, uh, turned him on to Crocs, and he's, he hasn't gone back. I bought some, I bought They're some hot Crocs. pink. You can't see them, but they are hot pink. <laughs> I, uh, I bought some Vibrams this week. Vibrams? They're the... Uh, what is the, that? Jinky. The, they have the toes. The <laughs> shoes with the, the toes. toes. Jesus. They're awesome. Uh, Wait, for what? Out in the world or just around the house? Uh, the, for to, swimming? To, to work at it. They're for cross training. Uh, I yeah. can see that. Why? Yeah, they're awesome. they're awesome. Well, apparently you run better uh. if you run on your heels rather than... The balls of your feet, yeah. yeah I've seen you work right, out. Right. You don't need special shoes, dude. <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank, thanks, Val. Between this and curling, Chris's collection is I like shoes. I need to have every kind of shoe. I have curling shoes. I have Vibram shoes. I have cleats. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm all over the place. All right, are we done? I, I, yeah. I think we've right. done it all. We've all right. done everything we need to do. So, once again, uh, double feature. Doublefeaturecomics.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the PDF. You can go on the uh, App Store and pick up Double Feature. Uh, 99 cents. I swear you'll like it. Uh, otherwise... Um, you're, hate you're, soulless. Yeah. you're soulless. Well, you, well, you know, I, you know, you I, don't I, like I, it. There's I, something I, wrong with and, you. And, yeah. and, and I, will, I will encourage the people that go to iTunes and and buy the app there. Leave a review for it. Leave a positive yeah. review well, for it. Oh yeah, I got it. Actually, that. just how you feel yeah. about it. Please do. Um, obviously, that increases your standing and all that sort of stuff. And I'm terrible at the shit. I buy a lot of apps and I don't fucking review them. But 
um, especially when you're a small sort of thing like we are, mm -hmm. and we'd, we'd love a review from you. We'd really uh, yeah. be interested to hear what you yeah, say. Yeah, so. please review that. Uh, Kyle, uh, in addition to your fine work at comicbookresources.com, we can find you on the interwebs where? Uh, you can find me on the interwebs. There's a blog I do with a couple guys from Marvel DC called The Cool Kids Table, which is the Cool, kid, the cool Kids Table. The kids has a Z because that's how we had to do it. Blogspot.com. <laughs> of course on, you did. Or on Twitter, it's uh, the CKT. The CKT. Lots of uh, interesting the stuff on that K site, actually. Mm -hmm. I always enjoy it. Kyle, yeah. Kyle has a good philosophy for uh, the way he treats comic journalism. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and Sal, we, uh, yes. I can find you uh, Monday uh, in, in, in the office, office in, next to me. In the <laughs> office, I will be there. Other people can find me on Twitter. Yeah, at Brian Salazar. Uh, at Brian Salazar. And follow us uh, on, on Twitter, Twitter. At, at Around Comics for... Uh, uh, updates on future shows and recordings and Hopefully all that stuff. Soon I'll have announcements on yeah. possible projects. I'm excited about that. Especially when you're working as the editor in chief. Editor in chief. Yeah. When I'm editor in chief of, <laughs> of Double Feature, uh, double double feature, feature. Comics. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. We're going to change the name Double pen Penetration. Double, <laughs> double Penetration. That's, uh, eee. The eee. first thing I will do as editor in chief. Uh, and then, of course, you could uh, you can listen shock to value. Shock value. Shock value, Tim. Come on. More of that, yeah. Yeah, right? You can listen to uh, more of my ramblings every week on, uh, on 11 o'clock comics with those fine. Find gents. Those so, losers. I bet Vince likes the girl on the gorilla. Vince thinks everything is the same, so he thinks everything ever crapped out is Nothing is, is wrong, everything is permitted. No, everything okay, is wrong, nothing is wrong. Whatever he film. says, whatever. All, yeah, right, exactly. all right, Atlas Shrugged. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> all right, everyone, have a great rest of your, uh, rest of your month. We'll be back in, uh, in May. Maybe. Hopefully uh, some, some nicer we'll weather creeping around uh, the, the corner here in Chicago. In the meantime. In between time. We'll be everywhere in and around, and around comics. Well, hold on. Well, the guests are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2011. So you've been crawling through a maze An alcohol and a haze I've been watching you for days Just